1: Welcome back to the um, Champman on the Post podcast, episode number nine, Dave. We've done nine of these now, and uh, they're, they're just getting more popular every time.
2: That's oh, good. It? It's good that people are enjoying them. Um, I'm surprised we've done nine actually. But yeah, I guess yes, lockdowns kind of all, all months, days, weeks are the same now. So <laughs>
1: <laughs> yeah, it's October. Well, yeah, this is September's podcast, but it is October when you listen to this. I can't believe it's October already; it's mad.
2: Well, as ever, we've recorded this in September, and it, all right, fair enough. It's going out on October the first, we think, so it's, <laughs> that's not bad for us. Um, this, no. this is entirely my fault this month. Like, I've been stowed off with with my day job, and uh, I think you messed up about three weeks ago and said you got any guests lined up. I was like, yeah, I'll sort that out, and then it got to like, it like got like last week. I, yeah, 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 I'll do that, Ross. No worries. So. Once, once again, have yeah,
1: we've, plus plus, real football's back as well. It's there's there's other things happening.
2: That is true, and I wouldn't want to miss watching Bru- Bruce's mags for anybody. So here, we,
3: here, here we are. <laughs>
1: <laughs> no, well, who we could blame you? I mean, we we, we both experienced probably football pretty much through the same spectrum. Mike. I'm I'm it,
2: it, used to, it used to be a lot better than this. It might be better than this. It isn't better than this.
1: <laughs> <laughs> uh, what I hope it never gets to this for a Leeds
2: well your Leeds situation is pretty much like you're two years behind where we are with Rafa because they like obviously yeah got, so you know you're watching I don't know Alan Kerbushley's Leeds in a year's time and you'll you'll know how the suffering goes <laughs> oh
1: no I've got all this to look forward to <laughs> <laughs> Uh, well anyway, let's go on with the, the business at hand. It is the Championship Manager episode. It is episode number nine. We've got some good guests lined up. Um we're going to speak to Tony Jameson first, um, who you will recognise from the Fort Manager documentaries and all that sort of stuff. We've got um, Ash who's back on as CM hints uh, to give us some fancy football tips and also uh the North Man, um from CM Central was it?
2: FM Central, yeah, I used to F M Central. Used to run F M Central and then he did what we all dreamed of doing and actually went on a manager club for real, so it's insane that it was a really great chat, to be honest. Because like, it's, I mean, I enjoy all all the chats we have, but what I enjoy about this episode in particular is that we had three guests who had very different stories to tell. Um, yeah. From from Tony with his stand up, um, which again, if anyone hasn't checked that out, make sure you do. Um, to Paul, who yeah. say kind of lived the dream of you know t- going from the computer screen to the dugout, and then Ash, who uh, by his own admission is kind of an addict. in champ man and football man, uh, and fantasy football and yeah um, we just had a look into you know were there any similarities and how he could approach the two games and it was you know quite an interesting chat then we ripped my oh, team cool. apart for fun at the end so
3: good
1: <laughs> <laughs> yeah, well I, I hope he's not seen my team because it's going to be the same all season long I pick a team at the start and I stick with it <laughs> Well. regardless of injuries
2: <laughs> it's bald I'll give you that <laughs> it
1: is <laughs> yeah we'll see if we get on with that having a bottom of the the Post League but it's fine um, it's a bit of fun um, yes yeah, so all that is coming up it's um, it's a good one so make sure you uh, listen all the way through to the end and we will be back at the end to give you our social media plug and that sort of stuff but let's head straight into our interview with Tony Jameson
2: So I'm joined now by a comedian who has lived the dream of talking about Championship Manager on stage. He is the most Northern Aston Villa fan you'll ever come across, and he is Tony Jameson. Tony, welcome to the pod. Ah,
4: oh, thanks for having me, man. Uh, I'm, I'm very much looking forward to this. Um, I, I would like to take the, uh, the 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 mantle of being the most Northern Villa fan, but uh, I'll be honest. I do know uh, I do know at least one other guy in Scotland who's a Villa fan, so. Oh. Um, but no, but no, that that's a different country. But so I'll take uh, yes. most northern <laughs> um, in in the northeast of England. I'm 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 definitely the uh, the most northern there. But uh, yeah, no, I'm looking forward to this man. It's lovely to have you on, and uh, yeah, very very much looking forward to it.
2: Yeah, well, we've um we've, we've been I would not say courting you for a while, but um, you've been on on my radar for a while because of obviously everything you've done with the game. which We'll go on to but uh, just to, so everyone's on the same page, can you remember when you first got into the game in the series? What, what was your, your earliest memory of it?
4: Yeah, so first, well, first memories would have been the original uh, Champman, because that would have come about, what, 92, 93, something like that? And I would have been at school at that point, uh, back up in the northeast, uh, living the dream, up in Usworth Usworth Comprehensive, that's where I was at the time. (laughs) Uh, It's not not there anymore now, they got rid of it. It's now sixth form uh, at at a college. So we were in there, and obviously, like, we were sort of we had the the Amiga was the big thing at the time. This game had just come out. We'd all played like sensible soccer, kickoff, Dino Dini's goal, that sort of thing. Um and you would struggle to find any lad in that in that school who wasn't sat in the back of their school books like scrubling down little formations. <laughs> and um and we it just I don't know how I don't know who brought it to my attention, but somebody somewhere brought our attention and it just spread um like wildfire. Um and we just all got on board with it and we we're all like sort of jumping into each other's houses and that and having uh, save games and stuff. And it was just, just great. Like, I think it was the first chance we'd ever had to fully play a management simulation. Like those previous ones, like sort of Premier Manager, I think was one. And uh, I think there was like a, I'm sure there was like a, it was a Kevin Keegan or a, a Graham oh, yeah. Sooners or something. Like there was something like a uh, football manager variant as well um, out there. But then this one just seemed to have everything. And and you know no graphics obviously just like text along the bottom and just yeah from that moment on man we were we were hooked every single one of us was hooked and um, yeah just I remember and I remember like it was we were were that hooked that the year and you'll you'll know this better than I will but the year Mark Collis was in it
2: yeah so he was um, they did like data updates rather than recent new games and I think he was like I think. We asked the colleagues about this and they couldn't really remember who did it but someone slid in two, was it two Cambridge players, was it Collis and a or something like that? Yeah, uh,
4: yeah, Fer, Fer- Ferrer That was bad. Um, two of my mates, uh, who <laughs> at the time were convinced that uh they were convinced that they'd seen Mark Collis play and I was like, Well, that, that's not that's not <laughs> possible uh, and, and one one person was, was livid that he didn't get an England call up, so you know <laughs> And that's, that was us even back then we were, we were immersed in it, but yeah, that was the thing we, we got, we got, like I said, it got put in front of us and, and we just lapped it up.
2: Yeah. I I do like it when we get someone on who's been it since since the very start, because you can kind of appreciate how it's, um, how it's gone from series to series. Um, and it was kind of very, like a very gradual progression, um, which of course was kind of limited by what, what computers could do and things at the time, um, would you say I had a, a favorite from the certainly from the Chapman series before we got into football Manager and things was there one of those games in particular that stood out
4: or were they? um I'd tell you the one that, that really stood out for me and again I think it was just because of its time uh, Chapman Italia? Oh, yeah like it just really got me because like obviously at the time Italian football was the best thing in the world. <laughs> All the best players were there like and it was just yeah uh, you, had you uh, Gazette Football Italia on the tv you had uh lentini you had george way you had the baggios it was and milan were just doing great things and it was just like awesome and and that came out because obviously previously we'd have only just had just english teams really um but then Chapman and italy came out and we were just like oh this is like a world of difference like 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 having to like now obviously this seems like really bizarre for anyone who's <laughs> under our age but to sit there and go a transfer fee of seven million pounds ooh, that's that's big money um and uh and and having to sort of like try and sit there going oh i don't know if paul warhurst would move to the san siro <laughs> he, he probably would um and you know what he'd have done a blooming good job as well because he was a cracking player in those in those days uh on the game but um but yeah i think that one stood out for me let's say because of the fact that um that at the time like you know italian football was just so prevalent um but then i suppose in addition to that the one that I, I guess everyone goes to which is which is 01 you know football manager 01 challenge 01
3: yeah
4: um just it's just perfect like it's genuinely just perfect even then I'm like, just sort of reminiscing going oh <laughs> that was... <laughs> great that <laughs> no
2: you're right I think when we have people on I think 01 or 02 is probably the most popular version um yeah and I it's hard to put your finger on why other than the fact that, well, what I pin it down to is there's, there's enough of a balance between, there's enough uh, sort of gem players sort of players who, you know, you mark Kers this world who, God love them, probably isn't the best midfield who ever played, but in order to... Lies, sacrilege, it, lies. <laughs> um, but there's him, there's, you know, the, the army full of Swedes, there's Tom Madeira, there's, you know, you could probably ask 10 different players, uh, 10 different people and they'd come up with 10 different sort of cult players in that game. Yeah. But alongside that, you've also got what was pretty much like me probably the best era of football in terms of the star players who were still playing around that kind of time so you had dan tearing it up at um around madrid and you had um the, the italian teams who were pretty much you know impenetrable um the defenses were just incredible at the time and there's so many star players you could have a team you could have a whole squad where 11 were world-class players and 11 were these cult players and you would you know you could quite happily build that team um but they were all quite attainable as well and it's it had enough level of detail um, so I think those things combined make it probably the best one I know I always bang the 9798 drum but um, it um, I can see why people like to have a little bit more to do than, than you can do on that game um, seeing as you mentioned well I think I mentioned the boy Kerr um, it kind of segues into your newest venture which is the FM Therapy podcast um, and you did an episode about Marker, um which I obviously loved Can you tell us the sort of the the thoughts and why you started this podcast and what it's all about?
4: Yeah, so so the podcast kind of came about. um, I guess we sort of rewind a little bit as well. So obviously, um, we 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 mentioned that that there's um, you know the stand up stuff. Um, We'll probably talk more about that as as we go further into this conversation. Like that was that was like a big thing for me. Like I I sort of became. So it became sort of what I was associated with as a stand-up was was football manager stuff. So I was like, that's pretty cool. Um, And then I took a couple of years off doing football manager things. And I was like, you know what, just sort of leave it as it is. It's just sort of ticking in the background. Then, of course, you know, we had this um, little situation we've had for the past nine months. (laughs) And, um, and, And a friend of mine, we were chatting away, uh, a guy called Matt who obviously co-hosts the podcast with, podcast with me he's a big photo manager fan as well and we've had this idea on and off for a little while about doing the podcast and we' sort of like never quite managed to link it up because obviously I was doing comedy he was doing his work as well he's a uh, background is like, so a bit of journalism does like used to do stuff with like league Uh so he comes at a very very different angle to to you know what you would class as your uh, traditional um football manager podcasts i guess you know we we all have to have our own little angles
3: yeah
4: of um, so of course we we come with our angle um and and like i say it was just when when obviously this all kicked off we were like you know what i think there's probably as good a time as any to try um and i'd also started creating youtube content as well because you know there, there's no gigs like as a comedian you can't get out and do gigs <laughs> if everyone's been told they have to stay indoors so <laughs> i was like right well if everyone's staying indoors then I guess I make stuff for the internet because like, that's, you know, people are going to want to consume content. And I personally, I've seen people do stand-up in the house and, and broadcast it on, on YouTube and, and, uh, and, and Skype and, and various other sort of platforms and Zoom and stuff, and they're great. It terrifies the life out of me trying to do that. Um, so I thought, well, how can I get content out? And I thought, well, Football Manager seems... To be something I I used to know quite a bit about and and still do know quite a bit about. I thought let's have a little go at that. That'll be quite good fun. Um, checked out a few guys who were making some stuff. Checked out a few podcasts and thought ah, let's just jump in and do it. So started making Football Manager videos and then Matt and I had a bit more of a conversation. We were like, should we get this podcast going as well? Because <laughs> like it makes sense to just get it out there now. Because if you've you've got a captive audience, just have a go. And of course, you know twenty one's on the horizon as well. And it kind of all just aligned at the right time um, for us to do it. Now, the the sort of the way that we that we set it up, we sort of have a bit of a structure in terms of each episode is is its own thing. Um, and so it's not sort of linear, I guess. Um, you know, if you miss episode, if you miss an episode, you don't sort of miss anything that sort of links directly to it. Um, but but the Mark Kerr episode, we kind of wanted to try and do some standalone episodes that may become um, Patreon episodes as well. So yeah. we uh, we have like what we call the Football Manager Therapy Retro episodes. So we've got a Mark Kerr one. We've got a, a Taribo West one. Um, and then obviously we're going to do, do ones with all of your, your legends. So you know, your Freddie Adu's, your, your Kim Kalstrom's um you know your 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 Colises and your ferrer oscars um <laughs> as well you know so and and we hope what we're going to try and do is is play on the the football manager community and and get people to to recommend stuff to us so you know everyone's got their own favorite legend their own favorite icon like uh you know and, and depending upon your age you know there will be you know we've noticed that there's some people who maybe don't get mark kerr but 100 percent understand who tariba west is so Um, so everyone's got their their own favourites and we thought let's just do them rather than just, here's the Football Manager podcast, how quickly can we talk about Mark Kerr and Tarebo West (laughs) which, you know, I think that everyone is is probably guilty of in in some capacity because it's like, that's how we, that's what we all associate stuff with Um, and again, you know, we do that in in the stand-up show as well you know, it is, here's Mark Kerr here's Tarebo West, blah blah blah, here's Freddie Adu but I also wanted that to be with some other stuff around it as well. So that's kind of how we're trying to keep them all separate, but contained at the same time, if that makes sense.
2: Yeah, completely. What I like about it, um, you know, without blowing smoke up your ass just because you're here, but it's um, it's quite cliche to say, but it's like you and Matt are sat in a pub having a chat, and it's not as if, you, you know, you sit down, and the first thing you go goes, so, football manager, there's a bit of chat about, you know, normal football, if you like, first, and it moves on to, you know, the games, what you've been up to, and what you you know your tactics might be, and then oh, we'll throw in a legend here and there. It, it, then that's it's more like what a conversation would happen uh, if you were sitting with me in a pub. You wouldn't just sit down and go right. Let's talk about just what manager to uh, do. Yeah, yeah, it yeah. kind of just progresses naturally, which is what I like about it. I can have it on, uh, and it's you know it's a very easy listen, um, especially when you know it's stoking my fire, so to speak, when you're talking about uh, Mark Kerr and the like. So it's um, you know it's it's a very enjoyable part. If anyone hasn't checked it out yet. Yeah, well I
4: appreciate that. I think as I say, I think that's that's obviously what we what we wanted to try the angle we want to try and get it to be. So as you say it is quite conversational. I think the first couple of episodes we, we were maybe worried that we were doing uh, and again I was probably a little bit like this with the with the stand up show as well, worried we were just doing a little bit too much football chat and then crowbarring football manager in. So we even after like about episode two, we just went right, all the football manager stuff at the top rather than, you know, a bit of banter at the start. So but again, it it just depends on how we feel on the day. Yeah. There's certain bits where you'll get started, and there'll be a big news story or something happens in the world, and all of a sudden the whole, you know, the whole sort of uh, structure of the podcast goes up in a different order. So, but yeah, no, it's good. It's good fun to do, and, and you know, I'm, I'm glad people enjoy it. I'm always glad people like yourself enjoy it as well. Um, and and um, and yeah, I think we just we'll just keep doing it. I think.
2: Yeah, you should do. I'd say uh, the time is certainly uh, certainly great for any sort of content like that because we all need. Something to laugh about at the minute, um, mm. in one form or another. So it's it's uh, you're probably never going to get a better opportunity to to start up uh, well, anything. Anyone listening, you know, if you've got an idea, now is the time, really. Um, on that front, you mentioned there, you start doing some stuff on YouTube. Uh, how do you find that? How do you find the, you know playing the game in front of others? Because it, you you mentioned doing stand up in front of others terrifies you. Playing the game in front of others terrifies me, um, because well, one technology, but also. I just
4: couldn't handle the abuse if it goes wrong. <laughs> <laughs> well you see that's the thing, as a comedian I'm used to that bit, so that's <laughs> fine. <laughs> um to like I I've spoken to a couple of content creators about it when when I first started they were like, So alright, so you know, you come into our world sort of thing, like what do you reckon? And I was, and my honest answer straight away has always been when everyone asked asks me about this, to say, Look, I'm not surprised at how much work goes into this but I'm surprised at how much work goes into this. Like because it's not just and everyone's got their own their own flow for how they do stuff. Like a lot of guys will sit and they'll stream, you know, on Twitch or whatever, they'll be there for hours playing and that's when you get your your real interactions, you know, everything's happening live. And, you know, you're right, that's when you'll get your abuse if something goes wrong and oh you should change your tactics and you know, why'd you... get creative, get creative, get creative. You know, as if no one's thought of hitting get creative all the time um <laughs> so that's one thing like i'm running off a laptop so i'm not on twitch yet i haven't got the time to do it on twitch awesome the people who can do it and the people who are great at it like fair play you're really flying the flag i'm just laptop game on record what's going on and then i'll edit that and then go back and put commentary over the top so oh, right, yeah. it's it's probably not the most productive way of doing it and definitely the most efficient way of doing it but i tend to leave the videos for a couple of days so that the reaction looks a little bit more genuine rather than sort of going all right i know what's happening here and i can just play straight back to it there's episodes where i've gone back and went i forgot this had even happened and i'm getting a little bit involved (laughs) going oh this is ridiculous this and oh that's a a, that's a great goal that i've never never expected that to happen so i I, I totally understand
2: that because i had the same problem because i very briefly dabbled with recording like retro video games and doing like quick reviews of them mm. and i've just i did what you did I, I would record it and i'd go and narrate over the top of it and i just i mean I'm, i can tell i've not got the most exciting voice in the first place but trying to trying to not sound like i was watching paint dry was too too difficult for me so that, that idea got canned pretty quickly but uh I, I can see where you come from with that it's quite a quite a hard thing to uh to make a game exciting, um, yeah. especially think, this sort of game as well.
4: Yeah, and I think again, like like sort of listening to to and I, I was I, I sort of did a bit of research and stuff and and watched people talk about content creation, not necessarily just football manager stuff, but just content in general. And I was like, right, so how am I going to get this across? Because I didn't want to. I'm trying not to worry about views and stuff because you want to kind of you realise that your first few of everything is going to be a bit crap. So I was like, look, just I'm just going to get used to doing it. And once I got over that barrier, like, I think it'll start getting better. And it still is improving every week. Like, I think I'm, even now I'm looking back at videos, and this has only been going, what, three or four months. I'm looking back at ones at the start, and I'm like, oh, God, I need them to drop off the internet already because they're, they're terrible. Um, <laughs> but, you know, that's just natural, isn't it, Ray? I suppose, you, you know, you, like yourself, you'd look back at your first podcast and be like, I've learned so much from episode one to where you are now like it'll be a different beast you know your your sort of pronunciation will be different your um, persona's different and your style's different um, and again I'm, I think I'm the same just getting used to getting back into talking about stuff cuz you know again without a stage to perform on it's just a bloke talking in front <laughs> of a laptop <laughs> with some pixels in a spreadsheet so as you say trying to get that fun and also not not going over the top because I've got a two-year-old child and a ten-month child asleep upstairs. <laughs> so yeah. again, it's like having to try and balance everything around, and I'm like, I might just have to go in the in the garage and take the laptop in there and just shower this computer. And, <laughs> you know, but it's fine. It's like, it's it's great, man. It's like, if if this, had, if this hadn't happened, you know, the, the pandemic and stuff, maybe I wouldn't have tried this, so I just think it's re- it's really good fun just doing it, and if nothing comes from it, no worries. But, you know, if people watch it and enjoy it, great. If people Turn up and start slagging it off. Then, yeah, I expect that it's the internet, isn't it? that's what people do. Yeah, and just gotta uh, try and not take it personally. I well, suppose. That's
2: it. I imagine that if they're doing that, they've probably got bigger problems than you, Alf. Let's be honest. Like if yeah, if that's what the height of their their day is, then you know, it's not it's not the not the best way to spend your time, is it? But uh, be yeah, that exactly. be that as it may. Um, yeah. So what I wanted to ask you about was um, as I said at, at the start of this interview is that you have obviously played all the earlier champ managers. And you've worked your way through, and now you play the the newer football managers now this is kind of where um the people who I normally interact with on in the community would would stop they would they would go back to playing the old champions because of it being easier to play or quicker to play or um you know the kids are running around and it's just easy to get an hour in where you can get six months of a season done rather than mm-hmm. you know set your training up for one day um How did you find the change to to you know the more detailed version and how can you? What tips can you give to people like me who I'm actually the more the more I listen to you, like yourself talk about it, I'm really keen to give it another go. And I, I mean, I get it every year and play it for like three days, and then it's back to work and I forget about it. Um, yeah. How do you How do you approach it from a, you know, a, a kind of a father of two? It's not you know one priority, but you know, let's make time for it kind of thing.
4: Yeah, so I mean, again, I spoke to someone about this um, last week, and they, they asked sort of a very similar question because they, they were like brand new to the game. They'd only been, only been playing for about a year, and they were like, "Oh, like you know, what, like, what, why have you stayed with it all the way? Like, do you think that people like FIFA or something would would drop out and, and come back?" And I was like, "I said, no. I said, yeah. I said, think about this. Like, when you when we first started, we, we were young, right? And as you say, there was the limitations of." of the machine in front of you and it couldn't do anything beyond that. And as youngsters, your brain imagines more than obviously because physically put in front of it. So you're looking on, that's pretty good fun. Bang, 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 bang. And I just think that as I've grown up, the games evolved at, at the same rate. So my knowledge of football, my understanding of football, my the depth of what I want from a game now is always it's it's pretty much working at the same same pace. So, like, again, the same as if you had, like, um, Grand Theft Auto, for example, when that first came out, you know, as opposed to what it is now, mm. the, the depth of what you can look at and go for and call a duty, it's like, you, you, of course, you just you want all that, but you, at the same time, you want to just turn up, do a little bit and go. And I guess that, for me, football manager is kind of more, like, I invest the time because for me it's like it's it's sort of escapism in a sense or like it's where i can just let my my brain sort of like wander um i can use it to relax like i find as i've got more time now now that we're in lockdown because i'm not out gigging so i'm not driving uh in the middle of the night getting home at like two o'clock in the morning i'm not then going laptop on football manager i'm going no no quick game of fifa bed Whereas now, because I'm not out in the evenings, I can go out, the kids are asleep, laptop goes on, let's play footy manager, oh, it's 2 o'clock in the morning, laptop goes down, I go back to sleep. <laughs> so that's kind of so I can enjoy the, the amount of time again rather than feeling rushed to get a couple of games in. And I think if I was feeling rushed, I probably wouldn't enjoy it as much. Yeah. Um, but I have just had that thing where, Every year I'll I'll, I'll I'll get it, you know, the same as I'll get FIFA every year, I'll get Madden every year, and I'll play as and when I can. And I think ultimately with Football Manager and Chat Manager, it all comes down to your save. And if you get a save that you enjoy, you'll make more time for it. Like you'll be sat there at work, like tapping away, doing whatever you're doing, and you're going, just need that. I can see too many goals on that, front, that, that left. That left, that left back has caused me an absolute nightmare. Why does he keep? He doesn't stick to his man, right? Who else has who have who have seen this year that I like the look of? And so you, your brain instantly goes. Whereas if you've not if you're not connected to it, and you just sort of you load it up, and you go, oh, I just I don't really know who I want to be, or I think I'm at the wrong club, or you know it's, ah, it's just too fiddly. Then you you know yourself you're not going to get involved in it, and you probably don't want to play it. So. I guess it's kind of a bit of a bit of that, but I mean, I I've, I tend to go low leagues and just have like one long career. So there's always some change somewhere on the lines. Um, Whereas some guys just go straight in and go right, Manu, Liverpool, <laughs> you know, or who shall I buy? You know, it's like, oh, well, play the game, how you want, but you know, if you're only going to be for three seasons, then yeah, oh. in and out.
2: I see I'm at the point now where I kind of get, I, I listen to people say, oh, you know, I started a game as, you know, Malmö in Sweden, and then I got offered the Cork City job, and then I went to, to, Al- to Altrin, and I'm like, yeah, I want that. Like, and I didn't think yeah. I did, but now all I hear about it, I think, you know, that's, that's probably more for me rather than, I've never been one to hunt what? success, and I'm thinking that maybe maybe now is the time to just become a journeyman. You know what, man,
4: it's really satisfying as well because um, because it instantly takes out the, the Wonder Kid scenario. Okay, so you don't have to worry about the fact that all the top players, are, all the top clubs have got the, the best players. You just ignore all that. Um, scouting becomes really important because you don't know who's going to turn up. Um, tactics, again, become really important because it's not just pick the one that works and, you know, short passing and stuff and, and getting pressing. and that. doesn't necessarily work when you're playing in the Welsh leagues, getting <laughs> pressing. Um you know, you can't you can't convince Harland to come and join you when you're at Bangor. Um <laughs> you know, Jude Bellingham's not gonna sign at Helsingborg. So so it just cre it just makes you think differently and, and as you say, because you, you're not necessarily winning all the time, whether it's just day to day or or trophy wise, when you get a tiny sniff of something, like, oh you just, that's what draws you back in, um because I was all set to I had a save game with Banger uh, this year and I was there six years and I was getting I, was, I wasn't getting bored of it, but I just I knew I couldn't crack it um, TNS were just a little bit too good mm. and I was just like my team was decent, but I was like just something's not there I just haven't got that extra kick on to, to really crack it um, and I got to the point where Six seasons in, the final game of the season. There was three teams in for the title on the final game, and one of them was me. And I pulled it back somehow with about ten games to go. I dragged myself into the title race, <laughs> and I was like, "Oh, I'm back! I'm fully back in the zone now!" And oh, it it just suckered me in so hard. <laughs> <laughs> did you and, win, Did you win this league? No, no, we didn't. I didn't oh. care. I didn't. I, I I wasn't bothered. I was like. I've I've done it. Like I've I've literally dragged us it, and then at that point I was like, oh, do I do I commit to another season? Do I, do I walk away? And then it kind of coincided with the the start of the podcast and and the content creation side of stuff. So I was like, right, I'll park that season that save for a little bit. But um, but yeah, it just it really got me properly back into this in this version. I think FM twenty is a great version as well. Um, it, it's in depth, but I think you can just drop in and and do some bits and pieces and i think that most of it seems to work
2: yeah i played i played one season um i blogged it for a site um i was coventry and i mean they stopped publishing halfway through so read that what you will but we got we got promoted and that's the main thing i mean people will never know because i don't know what happened to the blog posts but um the highlight for me was uh my assistant manager walked away and um I appointed Nicholas Alexanderson as my assistant because he can play everywhere. And I thought, well, <laughs> this, this, is like, this is like my two worlds collide and we'll just have him back in. But you don't even need any more backroom staff. He's I'm doing like, all the jobs as uh, well. He's the physio. He gets, you know, he gets seven paychecks and he, he's happy. And that was that was it. So, yeah, I'm, I'm assuming that's why I got promoted. But uh, at the time, the Coventry were about maybe sixth in real life. And they went and ended up obviously winning League One. And I went up through the playoffs very scrabbly. So probably underachieved in the end. But... Uh, you know, you of have everything.
4: I still, still end up there. That's the main well, thing. I don't know how you get
2: there? So, uh, I think in the, when the new version comes out, I might, I might lower my expectations and just try and play it almost to, like to real time. So, like if I've got a game in seven days, I'll do. You know, I'll go, I'll go on on Monday night and I'll set the training for the week, and then I'll go on on Tuesday and just see what's going on. I'll just maybe work it that way. Maybe that's, that's the way an of,
4: interesting. That's an interesting way of playing it. Maybe, so yeah,
2: maybe that's the way forward, and I won't get any fatigue from you know all this all this clicking you've got to do to uh, to set things up. It's just a small amount of clicks every night.
4: So what what would you do if the game spins through like two days? I mean you get a night off. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's yeah.
2: That, that's uh, a the dream. That's, that's a bonus <laughs> Just <laughs> yeah, Giving the do. players days off from trading all the time. Like, yeah, don't worry about it, lads. Yeah.
4: <laughs> Unfortunately, you do have to play the games in ninety minutes. You have got to play the full ninety minute game, though, are not you? That's the problem.
2: Uh, I mean, there is that, but uh, I'm sure we can work our way around that. Something to think about. I've got a few months. (laughs) I like it. it. (laughs) Um, What I would like to ask you about is um, your stand-up routine for Football Manager in my life. I was saying before we start recording, I watched this back the other night um, because it was was it twenty fourteen, twenty thirteen was recording. Yeah, it will be, man. Yeah, it's been a long time. But 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 I say I don't have the words to say how good this is in terms of the amount of references you get from the game into your stand-up that only people who play the game will really appreciate like i started telling my wife about it. i was like you know what i'm not going to waste my time telling me this because you're she, cause not going to understand it so it was very funny and let's leave it at that but now you're here we can talk about it um what was the the thing behind this? how did it how did it come about um and did you have to convince people to, to go for it or did everyone just kind of go we've got um. you back on this
4: yeah, yeah. So, uh, so first of all obviously you know th- thank you for for saying you enjoy it that's uh it's very very kind and I, I do appreciate anyone who's who's taking the time to watch it um and yeah you're right like so six seven years now with that show was recorded and um it started out as it started out as a as a daft little five minute bit um and for, for stand-ups i don't know how many people have watch live stand up comedy as opposed to T V stand up comedy or whatever. But in a comedy club setting, you'd usually do anywhere between five minutes, ten minutes, twenty minutes, 35 minutes maybe if you're the headliner. Or or if you're hosting, you maybe sort of on stage for about ten minutes and, and dropping in and out between acts. And and so this show is like ninety minutes. So it's like your special essentially that you get on, on Netflix and stuff. And um and and it started out as just a little five minute bit. I've been going as in you know, comedy for, for a few years and comedy clubs tend not to be the place you can talk about football manager um comedy club audiences tend to be um couples they tend to be office parties works um you know mm. uh, stag parties hen uh large groups people who just are out there for fun and laughter and not jokes about as i said before spreadsheets and <laughs> um and uh, but somehow i managed to put this little bit together and and it seemed it seemed to work it seemed to connect with enough people that it didn't bomb and then the next bit that i did at the gig was fine um and i sort of thought that's quite interesting and just sort of played around with it and stuff now apologies for this next bit because it is a name drop and i but it is all part of the rationale as to how the next bit happens. So I ended up being very fortunate to be asked to go and do a few support slots for Kevin Bridges. Oh yeah. Now he's a big football manager fan. So I rock up, he goes, Oh, you're doing this football manager bit. And I was like, "How? first of all, how do you know about this football manager bit? But the second of all, yes, we'll, we'll do it. <laughs> um, and, uh, so we did a story and, and he goes at the end, he goes, look, he says, you need to get in touch with these guys who are writing this book called football manager stole my life so i was like all right cool i'll do that he says you'll get that you'll get in the book definitely so so submitted the story that went in there um became part of the book which uh i think you've already said you've interviewed some people as well who who are in the book um and uh and again i was like that's incredible you know for me i thought i thought that was the bit i was like i'm in a book about football manager this is cool um and then it started to go a bit more like people go say oh yeah, are you know what you do next and and i got an email from someone who'd seen me in, in newcastle they were running a games event at the sage and miles was speaking and they went oh miles is speaking do you want to come and, and meet him i was like yeah cool like this is brilliant like you know miles jacobson the guy who who, who made my game <laughs> yeah two right we're going to have a, have a little chat and, and say hello and i turn up and he's like uh like the nicest guy in the world by the way uh, he's like, Oh, you know, you're the comedian. I was like, Yeah he says, Oh um he says, so what's your plan then? I says, I don't know. I says like it's just a a bit at the minute. I says, you know, I might write a show. Uh that'd be quite good, wouldn't it? And he was like, Yeah, just we'll do it then. And um <laughs> let let us know. And if you let us know, we'll help publicize it for you, we'll like tweet about it or whatever. I was like, Okay, that sounds interesting. Now, again, going up to the Edinburgh Fringe Festival first time doing a show me as a comedian with no reputation trying to convince people to pay money to see just me when everybody else is more recognisable and better <laughs> <laughs> and doing stuff about you know general stand up things and then there's me in this venue <laughs> the stand with a show about football manager Like it sounds ludicrous my wife thought that it was a terrible idea, and she's like, this is going to bomb so hard. And I was like, <laughs> "I was like, it might do, but at the same time, it might not. So we thought, right, let's practice it a couple of times. So we put a couple of previews on, and they're sold out in a day. And I was like, right, people are just coming for the name. I know that. That's fine. And that's in a local area. So in Leicester, we sold one out. In Glasgow, we sold one out. And I was like, that's fine, but this is like a month in Edinburgh. That's... <laughs> much more tricky but we had a go we rewrote the show again from leicester and glasgow because it was a bit too just stand up you with football manager stuff Crowbar in rewrote it got to august and miles true word had been retweeting uh whenever i was like ticket links and stuff and putting little posts out we sold the entire run out <laughs> <Wow>. <laughs> Which, again is incredible uh the shows were well received you know reviewers actually reviewed it properly like newspapers and stuff and i was i was expecting again getting a bit of a pan in there like oh it's just about football manager like uh (laughs) uh-huh i made made no (laughs) i made no uh sort of secret about that at all like if if you don't if you come to the show expecting it to be about you know me going and buying chips that's not it right (laughs) Uh, but but yeah the people turned up they reviewed it and it it was good the reviews are fine the audiences liked it that's the main thing And then Miles says, "Oh, we need to get you out of London." I was like, all right, cool." Um, so they booked out Camden Dingwalls, uh, big venue in in London, like three hundred uh, capacity, I think it was. And he says, "Oh, we'll we'll get the SI guys in, so like the team who obviously work on on everything, uh, making the game. We'll have a night out, works night out. We'll get some other people in as well, uh, and, and you can do your show." And I was like, "Oh, that sounds that sounds fun." And um, I hadn't really thought anything about it until about maybe 20 minutes before the show when miles goes I've just thought like we haven't seen this show before and i was like yeah that's a really really good point <laughs> um and i hope you're gonna like it because if you don't this <laughs> is gonna be awkward <laughs> um and you know but thankfully again as with with you know how this most of this has worked thankfully it, it went well it was well received we had a good time um And again, the next thing was, well, what's next? What's next? What's next? And I I guess because I hadn't ever thought about what's next, the next bit happened. Um, We ended up taking it on tour, like a tour manager came to see me. Um, It was like, I think we are in Hull or something. It was like a Wednesday when it was just chucking it down with rain and we are in this pub. We had about 80 or 90 people upstairs crammed in this pub and it was Arsenal versus Dortmund on the Champions League downstairs, and there's about four people in. And and the the agent who came, he was like, I don't know what you've done. Like I, The show hasn't even started. I don't know what you've done, but you've got 80, 90 people upstairs in a pub in Hull when it's chucking it down. <laughs> You're onto something. I was like, <laughs> all right, cool. So we had a conversation. He made a few phone calls. He sent a few emails out. Venues started to get back in touch with us, going, yeah, come on, you know, we'll give this guy a chance. We'll him down and see what he does and um and we ended up going around the country and over to Ireland and it was just just great man it was so cool like to go and tour I'd never done it before and at that part of my stand-up career I was never expected to be touring at that point um but we were turning up to places that was just for us essentially like it was our crowd uh I remember like we did Swindon and the stage manager was like, Tony, there's there's 120 blokes in the foyer. <laughs> I was like, yeah, yeah there will be. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> she was like, There's no women. I was like, well, I wouldn't uh... imagine there would be. <laughs> <laughs> She's like, will it get rowdy? I was like, it'll only get rowdy if I don't mention Tonton Zola Like, <laughs> fine. Um, and, and, yeah, it just, it was, again, it was a very different thing to normal stand-up where, if you go to a stand-up show, the comedians talk to you nine times out of ten. The The thinking is that the comedians are going to take the piss out of you. With this, it was very much the opposite. I was really sort of championing whoever I spoke to. Like, it was your stories I wanted to hear. And then we'll work around my stories as well. And everyone, because everyone brought something. Like Everyone was there. And I think they, they could understand very quickly that if I spoke to you, it was your chance to shine mm. essentially i was like right we're here like who you're playing as what's your biggest achievement how do you play the game it wasn't like oh what do you do for a living all oh, that <laughs> you know it's none of that um we asked one guy and it, it's in the show we asked one guy what he does for, what he does for a living and he stood up and told us he was the ajax manager and, <laughs> and that was because of course he was of course he was um and yeah and it, like i say it was just that it was it was, a. I called it a support group, which I guess is kind of how football manager therapy has sort of come about. Um, and it was just fun. It was just fun to do. And the tour just kept getting extended and extended. And then we went back to Edinburgh with a kind of reworking of it, um, which we sort of joked about and called it the Data Update, obviously. <laughs> and, and then the tour became like 90 minutes. And then we recorded the show at the stand. In Newcastle and again like that's 300 seater we sold that out which is like crazy um and yeah and then that then snowballed into the the football manager documentary where I was quite a prominent part of that and what else have we done since then just it all kind of blurs into yeah the I I've done this oh, I got invited to the LMAs <laughs> Yeah, that little chestnut. Um, was that for your achievement with Blythe, or was this? Uh... Well, I thought I was. I thought <laughs> I did say I thought I was getting a lifetime achievement award. I didn't. <laughs> um, but yeah, but it's just been great, man, to like sort of meet cool people off the back of doing this, like meeting people, like the bit like yourself, like you know who we can just chat to about football manager stories and games, and because everyone comes at it with the same the same angle, like everyone's just so passionate about this game, and and I think the stand up show really was it just caught everyone at the right time I think and it just sort of had as you say enough references in there that it wasn't just oh who remembers Alexander Farnerood it was like there was something in it as well and like those bits of like sort of real life stories and like right, the rationale behind what was happening and and yeah like thankfully people just seem to get on board with it and And I think to this day, I believe, don't quote me on this, actually I'm 99% sure that I'm still the only stand-up comedian in the world who has a stand-up special on Steam. So I'm well (laughs) happy with that, well happy with that.
2: Oh yes, that's definitely a claim to fame. You mentioned the the alternative reality documentary there, which um, we'll finish with in just a second. But I have to say, again, I watched this back the night as well. And uh, I can't remember his first name, but someone McClure from, I think it's Reverend of the Makers he he tells a like he is everyone when he tells a story about when he's trying to play the game at night um and lying, that uh, lying in bed next to his wife it's uh i was like yes all these things happen all the time i totally get where you're coming from with this
4: <laughs> again i mean like even even that when when that was sort of first put to me i was just like oh that'll be quite good fun like i'm sure there'll just be like a tiny little bit of odd and Oh, you know, here's like all these famous people who do stuff, and oh, and then there's this bloke who does a little bit about football manager as a stand-up, and then I thought they'd just move on. I thought I'd be like a footnote, but I didn't realise I was going to be in it as much as I was. So that was really bizarre to sort of sit and watch it on the screen because, again, like so I went down to watch it, and uh, and I, I think I, I'm pretty sure I'm like one of the first shots, and I'm there watching this film, good. Oh god, there's my massive head. <laughs> I just I wasn't, wasn't expecting that. Um, but yeah, but again, that was just a great thing to do as well. It like, really cool experience. And as I say, just everything that's that's come off this has just been really fun. And like the more we do it, the more cool little things and quirks that that happen. And as I say, finding more people who've got more podcasts or more content creators and meeting them and chatting about how they do stuff because everyone's got a really different style and. I just think that's what's what's great to meet as much as we can and just try and sort of really sort of show that the, it is a big community, which is a which is very nice. I think, yeah, it is,
2: and it? uh, as you say, everyone's always got their own little story to tell, um, regardless of whether they're playing. You know, they've only ever played the newest version, or whether they've been playing for you know what's nigh on thirty years now. It's uh, you know, it's uh, it's the massive community there of people. Um, as you mentioned, there the 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 documentary starts with you. Uh, at Blythe Spartans, I think from I, yeah. I think it started yeah. with you there. So, just to finish with, can you? i know probably difficult to do, but can you briefly summarise what happened with Blythe and uh, how it how it became sort of your save, if you like?
4: Yeah, um, as you say, like everyone has, everyone has the save they yeah, remember the they most, do. don't they? Um, Absolutely. And this one for me was it was at a time when, and I sort of touched upon it slightly with like the idea that football manager can be a bit of escapism. I think it can also be. Um, as we said in, in the podcast, a therapeutic tool. I think that you can, if you're having a bit of a bad day, you can just go and things are different in this little world. You can just sort of zone out and stuff and, and have a bit of time. And And I talk about it on, on the show that, you know, I wasn't having a, a great time. I think I was suffering from depression, moving back from south to, to north. Um, things hadn't quite worked out work-wise, relationship-wise and stuff. And And I was sort of almost using the game to heal me heal myself at the same time, and and again, you know, I, it was the first time I'd gone with that long term save from bottom to wherever. Um, usually I'd play mid tables or maybe like Serie B or something. I'd never gone down to Blue Square North as it was at the time. Um, and, and I sort of thought, you know what, fine, I'll just, I'll pick someone and it was going to be between Blythe and, and Gateshead. And I thought, you know, it's just Blythe is just a bit bit more of a story, I thought. You know, Blythe's fine. We'll go and do that. Um, and the plan was, don't get sacked. All the plan was, don't get sacked. And if I did get sacked, I'd go somewhere else. But first season, got promoted, didn't get sacked. Brilliant. Second season, didn't get relegated, didn't get sacked. <laughs> Third season, and it, it just kept going. And then it kept getting more seasons, more seasons. Kept Just kept not getting sacked. And then eventually ended up in the Premier League didn't get sacked and I was like okay we're fully on board now (laughs) and eventually we end up winning the Champions League and I'm like what like how how how's that (laughs) because that wasn't the plan that was not the plan at the start of the game was not to go and win the Premier League and the Champions League with Blythe but that happened Um, and of course you know as, as, as anybody would do at the time when you when you win the Champions League with Blind Spartans, you text all your mates to say you know I've done it. I I totally did it. Um and then I booked an open top bus ride of Newcastle to celebrate <laughs> the next day. So <laughs> it's just um it's just what you do, isn't it? You, you were right to do it, Tony, I think. I think so. I think so. <laughs> you know, like I think if if you've not if you've not even considered it before, then then Ah, uh, you're not you, doing it right really, are you? Yeah, I think so. But um <laughs> But uh, but you know what? And again, like, like off the back of that, so that was essentially what became the five minute bit. And then I joked on that we because they uh, they sat their manager, and I put him in for the job because I had a few mates texting me going like, "Are you going to do it?" And I was like, oh, "I mean, it'll be funny." And again, this was before it was even a stand up bit, so I just put like a little thing in, and, and blessed you know they, they wrote back and stuff, and so when we did the the show at Blythe Spartans for the Football Manager documentary I was chatting to the chief exec and the chairman afterwards and he was like, it was you that applied for the job wasn't it? I was like yeah it was yeah, and I went, fair enough <laughs> <laughs>
2: oh, it's, all, so, it's all better when, when they get it as well isn't it? <laughs> yeah, yeah,
4: so I thought you know what that's great and like, and, and they've been like super cool as well, like they were um, they, I think they quite enjoyed it, to be honest. Like it sounds daft. Like they were, they were saying to me that when the documentary came out, they were, they got people trying to buy Blood Spartan shirts from like all over the world. Cause wow. the documentary was obviously broadcast everywhere. And I was like, that's weird. <laughs> um, and cause, and then there was the, there was a lad who I think famously that year had come over from Brazil to watch them. Sure, it was that year. He and he was like sort of uh, going. Oh, I played as as Blythe Spartans on football I just Someone to come and come and visit, and I was like, mate, like this is the, the best story ever because <laughs> I don't know if you'd ever been to Blythe beforehand. Yeah, um, not quite but, new is it? Like? <laughs> no, no, it's it's it's, it's different. <laughs> <laughs> it's not cool, but Cabana Beach. That's a definitely that definitely. Uh, good. But uh, but then when when Blythe got drawn against Birmingham in the FA Cup. Like again loads of people like oh, you've got to go you've got to go because obviously being a villa fan they're like you've got to go and watch them against birmingham um and i was like well so i felt i felt like a bit of a, a bit of a fraud going because i was like it's not like i'm not a Blythe spartans fan so i didn't want to take a ticket from someone who wanted to go and watch them their team in the fa cup against a team um who i think were in the premier league at the time or at least in the championship um and I was like, you know what? Like, no, like someone local has to get like a fan has to get that ticket. Um but someone at the club sent me a message and just went, look, if you want to come we can get you in. I was like Alright. <laughs> oh, yeah, two miles that's, that's brilliant. Um and turned up and I was stood behind the goal and that. And um and again there's this, this I was just chatting to this guy and uh and he goes, Oh, how's your how's your tour going? I was like, What? And he's like, Yeah, yeah, you're the comedian, aren't you? I went, uh huh. So, "Oh, We just got a chat and I was like This is like so So bizarre but Just great and, and that's You know just made it all worthwhile To be honest little things like that um, And I guess the, 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 the Sort of the, the end to it almost Is um, is the, comp- the current manager Michael Nelson um, Me and him played for the same school team At the same time he was, he was the centre Half hours the forward so there you go Well it's gone full circle hasn't it He's he's now living the dream, so hopefully fingers crossed for him he can do he can do a good job there, so
2: Oh, let's hope so. He's probably playing foot manager as banger at the moment.
4: I'd imagine <laughs> so. He's writing
2: he's writing the stand up routine for oh, let's see how this goes. <laughs> oh, Tony, I could uh, I could talk to you all night. It's been uh, it's been a pleasure having you on. Um, where can uh, where can people find you on Twitter and the podcast and all that kind of stuff. It's just so people know.
4: Yeah, so you can find me on Twitter which is at Tony Jameson and the podcast is Football Manager Therapy. We are on all the podcast platforms, ACasts, Apple Podcasts, Spotify, um, and then on YouTube is Tony Jameson FM. Uh we've got a Kaiser Slauten save there at the minute where I'm trying to take Kaiser Slauten from Bundesliga three to Bundesliga. Uh it's been quite good fun. That was my first sort of uh content created content creation. Uh, save game, and then the football manager therapy ones. We have a Scandinavian save where I'm currently managing as Helsingborg in Sweden on there, and I have an MLS attempt, uh, which is called It's Always Sunny in Philadelphia Union, which, which, to be honest, I I did just for the pun. Uh, (laughs) And and the video that's about to drop uh, shows me having a breakdown and trying to understand the salary cap rules so
2: well, that's quite good fun to be honest i like to think you blew it all on danny devito um let's <laughs> <laughs> give them all fight milk it's brilliant <laughs> uh tony thanks ever so much for coming on
4: oh, absolute pleasure man. absolute pleasure thanks for having me
1: Do you get that? Dave talking to Tony Jameson. I'm disappointed to learn he's a Villa fan. As a Leeds fan, I'm, I'm not on board with those guys. And if you heard the Sunday show, uh, the most recent one, there's the the ongoing Leeds versus Aston Villa bet between Adam and Simon um, from around the post that Bamford has score more goals than Watkins. And but Bamford's currently three up in that. So I don't know if uh, Tony's on board with the Ollie Watkins train. But I mean, he goes wrong against Fulham. So come on.
2: Yeah, I mean. I don't think anyone expected Patrick Bamford to have three goals by this stage of the season.
1: I was expecting three for the entire season, to well,
2: be honest. Well, I mean, you can't rule that out yet either. Like, <laughs> there's, there's purple patches then, there's Patrick Bamford, so I guess yeah. the, the jury is out. But uh, i I don't know is the short answer I think when you get players like Ollie Watkins who are prolific championship goal scorers everyone just turns around and goes yeah well have you heard of Robert Earnshaw like yes yeah, we've all heard of Robert Earnshaw
1: He's <laughs> <laughs> the answer to every trivia question if he is, he yeah. absolutely is <laughs> but yeah that was a great chat with Tony his stand up just to, to kind of incorporate football manager in stand up is a, a meeting of two worlds that I really enjoy
2: yeah exactly and uh, as I mentioned in the, in the interview like People who, who like Chapman football manager will just be sitting there, like applauding, probably internally, mm-hmm. not weird, but just sitting there thinking. <laughs> how, how, managing to work all these different references in is, uh, you know, it's a, it's a true mark of a, a real fan of the game. So it was a it was, it was a pleasure to catch up with Tony on that.
1: Yeah, so we we'll jump in now to our interview with uh, Paul, the North man who lived the dream of becoming a, a real football manager, which is insane. I've got a National League North team, like uh, South team, sorry. Two minutes on yeah. the road from me, I couldn't even dream of becoming an manager. it Seems like a different world. Well,
2: Ross, it's never too late. I can almost fail, no exactly. I almost feel Justin Lee Collins picking up the phone and make a documentary.
1: <laughs> I think my playing days are behind me, but maybe my managerial career is just about to start. So we'll see how that goes. <laughs> um, yes, let's jump straight into this interview.
2: So I'm joined now by Paul, or you may know him as The Northman off Twitter, uh, former administrator of FM Central, and uh, generally just a great member of the Chapman community. So Paul, how are you, sir?
5: I'm all good, thank you very much for having me on, much appreciated. No,
2: no problem, thanks for your, your, your time and, and coming on. Um, I've always been interested in, in your sort of backstory, but we'll come on to this as to why in a moment, but uh, as we always do with all our new guests, we always ask, what's your your history with with the game, with Championship Manager. What's your earliest memory of the series? Um, it was about
5: 1997, 98. I was just starting secondary school, and um, I think my older brother basically got sick of me pestering him, so he built me a PC in the downstairs downstairs front room, the room people only went in when you had guests. <laughs> and um, yeah, it was, and it just got me hooked. He picked up the game from a friend because he knew I loved football. And it was a uh, championship manager in 97, 98. And, um, yeah, just every morning, 5.30 until it was time for school, sat and played it every evening. And every year after that, my brother bought me my first four or five versions. And then after that, I got a job and started by my own. <laughs> and would you say that uh, 97, 98 was
2: your favourite of those early versions, or was, was the one that came along further down the line that, that was better?
5: Do You know what I'm all, I'm one of these people who every single year I feel like it gets better.
2: Yeah.
5: And I think it's just because you you just enjoy each one. I mean, most people say their favorite version and normally that ties back to a favorite save you always find. But yeah. for me it's just I, I just enjoy each one. I mean, I could probably go back and play 97, 98 and think it's amazing. So I I wouldn't like to pick one. Um, <laughs> I did have, I mean, one. My, I did have a really good time on two thousand two thousand and one, because um, I had a good friend and we used to do like you no know, like a network game between each other on the same computer over a weekend and stuff. So that I definitely have fond memories of that version.
2: Yeah, it was. We've talked about it was a few months ago, actually. And that that version kind of gone under the radar a bit because everyone goes to or one or two from that kind of time. Um, and we were saying like we we between us we had no real memory of kind of anything between say M three and or but so interesting that you bring up bring up O one or O one to give it its full title. Um, is there any particular player from that kind of era that, that stands out for you when you think of the champ man from that time, or is it is it just as you say oh. the,
5: the saves generally? Um, I mean, hey, I'm in my mid thirties now. with struggle. <laughs> I struggle to remember people from last week. Um, <laughs> I mean, we used to always do saves with Darlington and Mansfield. Oh, yeah. um, I mean, the Mansfield side was just random. My friend liked the colours. <laughs> so I would probably say people like, um, do you remember that Paul Pesca Solidor? Oh, I yes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Play, yeah, players like that were just classics back in the day. And just the Darlington team of that era and maybe some of the older Middlesbrough players who you'd try to pick up. Some players like Dean Windass, I used to always try to bring him in. People like that. Dean Windass is uh, is probably
2: the most '90s or early 2000s play you c- you can come up with. Like he's uh, synonymous with that era for me, anyway. Um, Legend. <laughs> um, so when I first started with the the Twitter and the blog and that, it was it, you were one of the first to kind of support what I was doing and, and you know retweet and get me out there, which I was always very grateful for. Um, and that obviously led me on to, to your projects and what you were up to. So, firstly, what I want to ask you about is you. Took over as manager of a real life club uh, in Norway. Um, I should point out you you live in Norway, so it wasn't just a hell of a commute. Um, <laughs> can you tell me how that came about, uh, and how much you know, Chapman FM,
5: all that kind of stuff, influenced that that decision to go into management? I mean, in terms of wanting to go into management, it was it's something everybody. I think everybody who clicks a football manager, or championship manager, icon, you, you you dream of it. It's something you want to do, and I've always. Been more interested in watching the players without the ball than the players with the ball when I watch football, just in terms of watching how the shape of your team looks, how the movement looks. So, I mean, it was all something I wanted to do. And we moved to um, we moved to the the town is called Beekvliet, uh, where it's like a like a county, like County Durham, for example.
3: Mm-hmm.
5: Um, so we moved to the county and we moved to the to the small village where the football club is based for the county. And um, I I wanted to get back into playing football, so I'd not really played for a few years, so I joined the team. And um, this was early 2016, it was only a week before the season was due to start. And the manager was working at the local store, and I'd been speaking to him and I said, oh, I'm looking to, to get playing, and got to know him a little bit. And then on the first ever training session I went to, he didn't turn up. And um, he got stuck at work and they asked can somebody take training and I've always been quite a forward going person anyway so I just said oh I'll take training and the players loved it and we got on really well and there was a friendly match in two days time and the manager couldn't turn up and I got asked if I could take charge of the team for the friendly game which we won Um I changed the form- <laughs> formation <laughs> it sounds so cheeky when you think back <laughs> I changed the formation. Put a a guy who played striker in defensive midfield. Uh, He was huge. (laughs) It's just like stick a man mountain in defensive midfield and just say, "Look, protect that defence, please." Um, Yeah, and the next thing the manager come to me and say, "Well, look, I'm going away in six months because he actually played at a higher level. He's one of them." There's a lot of people in in Norway who maybe play in the third or fourth tier, and they also manage in the the sixth or seventh tier. Right. Um, And he was moving away, and he said, oh, I'm moving away. Do you want to take charge of the team? I spoke to the chairman, and he likes the idea. And you just think to yourself, yeah, go on then. And then I think it didn't sink in for a few months, you know, and you just kind of stumble into something. Yeah, yeah. So this was in Division Six, so it's the seventh tier in Norway. Um, It's only one tier. There's a team called Stavanger IF. And they used to be the biggest team in the region. They'd played in the top flight, etc. And this was only one division below where they were playing at the time. So for me, it was just mind-boggling that I'd somehow stumbled into this managerial gig. And it it turned out the team I took charge of hadn't won an away game in five years. Uh, They'd been relegated twice in the last three seasons. We were favourites to get relegated again. And we only had nine players over the age of 18. Wow. So that, that was nice. It was, a, it, it was definitely a fun first year. <laughs> but um, no, I was there for four years, three and a half years. Three and a half years I was the manager. And I decided to step away in 2019 because the team, we just missed out on promotion in 2018. We, we had a really good team. We should have gone up. Um, so obviously I took the blame for that. And in 2019, we we started the season quite poorly. We were just below mid-table, and I had a lot of stuff going on at home, etc. So I just said, "Look, I think it's time for me to step away, get some fresh ideas in, and see what happens." Um, sadly, the team actually collapsed completely and finished bottom. So, well, you must maybe, be maybe I should have, <laughs> maybe I should have stayed. <laughs> well, maybe. so but. But no, it was a, it was an unbelievable rise with people like um, these these Football Times, you know, the the website, people oh, yes. like that picking up on it and uh, following the journey, a few articles, etc. So it was really well appreciated. I was on our version of Sky Sports here. They made a documentary about me and stuff. So it's it's a part of my life I won't forget, and I'm still getting offers now. So it's it's nice to know that it went fairly well, you know.
2: Oh, definitely, yeah. So. I suppose you've kinda answered my next question there, but would you ever consider going back into it if, you know, if things settle down, would you would you go back into management or you can you've sort of dipped your toe and you think, well that you know, I did well but that's I don't really want to tarnish that now or would you would you go back for more in the future?
5: No, I think um it's definitely something I want to get back into. Um I had a I've had a, a tough twelve months a few members of my family passed away and unfortunately living in not in the same country I couldn't get over in time and stuff, so I've I've had a, a, a busy busy twelve months, shall we say. Yeah. But absolutely. um, it, it's I mean it, it's part it's part of life, isn't it? You've just got to you've got to pull your socks up and get on with it. And unfortunately, I struggle to do that. So now we we're on the right path. I'm I'm looking at it. I got offered a couple of decent jobs. I can mention one of them, which was uh, Egerson IK, who played the vanilla game of football management in, in the third tier. Oh, right. um, and I got offered the under nineteen manager's job last year, near the end of the season, to take it for the final six games, and then see how how it went. Um, so that would have been cool because that's like the top youth team in it. So I would have been in the vanilla game. Oh wow. <laughs> but um, it, it wasn't the right time to take it. But um, I'm still in talks with that club about maybe doing one of the teams going in 2021. But um, we'll see. We'll see. There's there's, there's a few offers, but it's. Taking the right one, yeah. Oh, that's
2: good we wanted though, of course. Um, so, how much of your your coaching style and things? How much of that was influenced by the options given to you on on Football Manager? Um, I'm, I'm not saying you obviously played it the same way, but you know the ability to set a team up in certain ways. Would you say that influence how you how you coached a team?
5: I mean, what I always found interesting in Football Manager. I did a really good article on it in about four five years ago now was um, based around how Football Manager can, the movement of players within Football Manager struggles in terms of off the ball. Like, it's really difficult within Football Manager to set up your team to defend without the ball Mm. in a way which is realistic in terms of covering, in terms of pressing, etc. So, in terms of using Football Manager as as an aid for my managerial career, I would say it helped more in terms of in terms of setting up my team on the board for players, in terms of pre-game talks, you know, like showing them the tactic I wanted and a few instructions, I almost just lined it up like a football manager tactics board. Um, <laughs> and the thing is, it's it's simple. It's there. It's easy to understand. And it, it, it's perfect for them. This is the shape. This is where I want us to start pressing on this line. When when they have the ball before this line, just let them play. Don't press the goalkeeper. Things like that.
2: It sounds so simple when you put it like that, but uh, it's uh, obviously a lot more to it than that. So, um, are you still playing FM now, or are you kind of giving that up? Or are you still?
5: No, oh, no, I'm. I'm never give that up. On, <laughs> I've just returned to making content, actually, on YouTube. Just to, uh, um, I find, and I don't know if you are the same in terms of when you're talking about your game is when you stop doing that which i did for a few months you almost lose the enjoyment because you want to share it with someone
3: hmm.
5: once you start sharing it's very difficult to stop um and in terms of playing football manager i've always like i never i never not play football manager um over the period of not making content i did a 25 season save with cork city for example <laughs> so still get on it still get yeah. on it
2: no, you make a good point there. Actually, I, I don't think I've played a game which I haven't blogged uh, very in in probably the six or seven years I've been doing what I do. Um, which is actually hadn't thought about it like that. But yeah, you're totally right. Like it's uh, it's made me think about that a bit. Um, so I was going to ask you about streaming and things. Um, how would you find playing the game in front of you know an audience and? Do you ever think, do you ever just change your decisions? Do you think, oh, I'm not going to do that because it's, you know, there's people watching, they might go, oh, God, why are you doing that? Or do you just do what you want to do because it's right? Um,
5: in terms of streaming, it's something I think I'm just going to kind of phase out from doing because I find that I struggle to be entertaining for long enough to stream. When you see some people who are streaming, you get hooked to their streams. Yeah. Where, personally, I I find that I send myself to sleep after the hour. Never mind, <laughs> never mind the people watching. Um, in, t- in terms of how I play the game, it's so different. Because I will spend one hour just looking at my finance screen. And, you know, like, clicking on the expenses, reading a line, going to the income, reading a line, and plotting it all out. And I have, like, a book where I'm writing down all my financial decisions before I go and spend a £1,000 on a player. And when you stream you can't do that. You've mm-hmm. got to you've gotta go more fast paced and before you know it you've balls up the finances and you spit your dummy on stop it. So I really struggle in terms of the streaming side. The YouTube side's a lot easier because obviously in between videos I can do that. Um at the minute, um, the save I'm doing on YouTube, it's more just to tell YouTube hello i'm still alive (laughs) um i'm making content there's regular videos so when fn 21 comes out it's not just a boom new channel almost
2: yeah i think it's good to keep
5: uh keep your oar in the water so to speak yeah it it kind of gives me a bit of i don't want to say practice but you know i mean it gets me in the routine of the video creation again as well
2: yes yeah so how how do you find all that because i I had a very brief dabbling in uh, in editing videos for I was playing like old retro PlayStation games and stuff and, and editing them up, and it oh god it I found it so fiddly and annoying I just I just had to give it up. But how, how do you find all that aspect of it?
5: I I don't mind it. I don't mind doing the editing side because I am. It's very rarely I will have to repeat myself. So ninety percent of my videos, all I'm cutting out is a, a ten second pause when I sneeze or something. I. <laughs> I never, I, never, I never have to record an intro and then go, oh, no, I need to do it again. So that kind of thing. And my edits are quite lazy. They're more just, I want people to see the emotion of something. So if, I, if I'm if i staring at the screen in shock about something, I won't edit that out. I'll leave it in so people get to follow the journey with me.
2: That makes sense. I guess that's probably what me and you differ. I made a lot of mistakes when I was doing mine, so I was always going back and cutting things out and... I guess that it might just come with practice, but uh, maybe. But you that's... don't learn without
5: mistakes, do you? Well,
2: so... I guess not. Um, what I also want to ask you about was uh, when you and I sort of, sort of first started talking some years ago now, you were running FM Central. Um, yes. I went on FM Central the other day. Very different website now. Um, so... us just check it out. Uh, <laughs> it was some sort of strange blog. Um, oh. I don't think it's real. I think it might be. Uh, under, oh uh, I know. um would you ever go into doing something like that again and i suppose which really what was fm central if you wouldn't mind just recapping
5: it for anyone who wasn't wasn't aware so fm central originated as a facebook group um where we just wanted to build a community but we ended up building a website and some other things we had a podcast which charted quite high in itunes at one point as well and um, which ran over t- for two years um we had a YouTube channel, we but the web mainly. I would say the website is what we became best known for because it, it did become quite a popular website over time. Um, we run it for three years. There was a team behind me, and it definitely wasn't just me. Um, there was a, a really, there was a really good team, and actually, quite a lot of us who were within that team have recently started getting back in contact in terms of regular communication. Um, but FM Central was just trying to become a website close to what fm scout and sorted out si kind of are oh yeah um in our facebook group we just wanted to make a friendly home and yeah it was just a it was just a nice project would i would i go back into doing something like that um i don't think there's a need for it i mean i've got to ask my i would ask myself why like why should i make a website and when you look at all the websites that are out there at the minute, is there a need for another one? I don't think so. And when I do decide to write something, which I tried to do for Dictate the Game last year, I just, without sounding lazy, I just couldn't be bothered. <laughs> like, like, it's It's a lot of work. Our articles we used to do were of good quality and they took a lot of time to produce. And I just want to enjoy the game more, and I think creating YouTube content gives me that ability. If I want to make a guide in video format, it will take me a tenth of the time it would take me to write a blog.
2: That's that's interesting way are looking at it, actually. I always thought that like you know the written stuff would be quicker, but I guess it's not, is it? Because if you if you're videoing it, it happens there and then, and that's it. You don't have to go and sort of recap anything, do you? So yeah, exactly. Uh, uh, I'd have to rethink my entire life. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> um So, um you you do a bit of streaming at the minute. Um what uh when you weren't doing your manager stream just recently, what were you um what were you streaming instead? I saw you streaming a few other bits and pieces.
5: To be honest, I was just kinda of messing around, just seeing what I could what I could what I wanted to play, what I enjoyed just on the side, so just some of the other indie game style things like academia school simulator um there's like an airport simulator that kind of stuff just oh, yeah. just almost just you know fiddling around in between in between, in between football manager time <laughs> yeah well i suppose there are other games out there so i'm told but uh I, i've heard rumors i mean i've got a lot of them on the computer it's just a struggle to turn off football manager so as you say fm21 is
2: Probably about a month and a half away as we as we record this. Um, have you got any early ideas of what you're going to be, what your content's going to be about? Any clubs you got in mind to, to take on?
5: Yeah, I'm actually going to be taking over my hometown, Shulden, who play in the the ninth team in England. Um, oh,
0: yeah.
5: It's um, a, a small town, like maybe six or seven miles outside of Darlington, and um, I'm just waiting for Acid Fire on Twitter. He's going to be making the database. He's been working on it for a few months now.
2: Yeah, I've got so much respect for these people who who edit the databases
5: in general, it's, but also
2: in putting in you know these ninth, tenth tiers of of countries, which is you know. He's
5: added every single player to all the teams around our area of England. Wow, that's, uh, he's making all the kits, all the face packs. He's unbelievable. He spent months and months on it, so I'm I'm so looking forward to. it. I think it's going to be a great journey. But in in terms of like beta and if I do something on the side, I'm just going to see what what goes. I've seen a lot of people announcing stuff at the minute, but I'm not even at that point. I mean, I'm just about to end my third season with Wimbledon, <laughs> so I'm just enjoying that at the minute. Yeah. Um, probably a silly question, but if he's editing that
2: now before the game's out, how how does how does he do that without the game being out? Can he edit it on like the current version and carry it across? So like, how does that work?
5: Yeah. Unless unless there's major changes to the editor, you're always able just to transfer it straight over. Oh ah, right. That's so hard. unless there's like a major league change or something, then sometimes you'll have a few errors, but you can normally tweak them out. So yeah, if you edit something on this data but on this um F M twenty editor, you can just boot it up on the F M twenty one editor.
2: Ah, well that's handy. Probably a bit of a time saver for people.
5: Um, exactly. Exactly. I've seen a bit of debate recently as well about whether
2: they should include sort of the COVID situation in the game. Do you have any any, any any thoughts on that? Would you like to see it in, or are you of the opinion that you know you you want to get away from all that and you don't want it in the game?
5: Yeah, I think at the end of the day you you play football manager, and if you boot up your game and you get that one, well, you, your season's paused for six months. <laughs> I mean it's I get the the argument from people who say it should be realistic. I get the argument from people who say it shouldn't be in the game i i mean i'm I'm probably with you. I play the game to get away from away from all of it, so I'd prefer not to be honest
2: yeah I think uh, if anything, it should be an optional thing where you can take it on or
5: off, but it's uh it's not a good you you't want that in your game, do you like i mean I mean, I guess you could have, like, you know, for example, my Wimbledon said three of my players just got the flu. You could have it something like that, where people get the flu for two weeks, but not whole leagues paused, etc. Yes,
2: yeah, I think that's probably a, probably a fair compromise to have it in there, because as you say, it is a thing. Um, you know, people can get it and will get it, unfortunately. Um, and I think Thiago from Liverpool today has got it, so, you know, it's obviously affecting the very, very best. So um, you, you certainly have it in there as, a, as, a, as an injury of sorts. Um, but uh, it's—I um, think it'd be a bit much to be paused for six months and have your staff furloughed. And you, you drive me crazy. You'd have a great time with that financial screen. There's, no, there's no I'd love it. No I'd love it. I
5: can't, <laughs> can't wait for my stadium not to get any fans in no, to I, see what I'm going to do and get
2: eighty percent from the government for uh, for your players' wages. You know, the fun—the fun you could have. Um, hopefully, it doesn't come to that. I hope. <laughs> um, is there—is uh, there anything else you, you'd like to? to plug Wally here Paul I'm uh, obviously appreciative of your time and sense and you want to uh, want to mention Wally here please go for it
5: no I'm not a man for plugging I mean if, if you want to check out my Twitter it's, it's very much appreciated and yeah just enjoy the Football Manager community Let, let's, let's plug someone random let's tell people to go and check out second yellow card I'm loving his streams when I get home early in the afternoon at the minute
2: well there you go it's a very modest man plugging someone else but uh Fair play to you for that. Um, of course, you're on Twitter. At, you're probably not going to say what I'm going to say it for you. You're uh, at tn underscore the Northman.
5: Um, yeah, someone took the Northman.
2: Well, it's all the rage. Putting it. I a, putting an It's some.
5: In. It's some pub in America or something. No, I've I've messaged them, but they didn't reply.
2: <laughs> <laughs> Worth a call. It, it would have been the the uh, the affiliation to end all affiliations, there. <laughs> Um, Paul, thanks, uh, thanks ever so much for coming on. I appreciate your no, time. Thank you. And, much. Uh, I appreciate and, it. Uh, and, uh, and good luck with your next move in management and
5: real world and otherwise. Thank you. Thank you so much.
2: No problem. Okay.
1: Thank you to Paul there at the Northman for joining us for the, uh, for that chat with Dave there. Um, you, you will notice that Dave's in all these chats, so I was kind of unavailable um, when Dave was doing all these podcasts. Um, but I was also doing a, a, another podcast, speaking to other people. Um, I've got yeah, too many eyes and too many fires, it seems.
2: Uh, we don't like to talk about what you were doing, other than to, to speaking to me. But, but, I mean, again, it's probably kind of my fault, because when we threw it together at the last minute, I was like, right, the guest available on these dates are you, and you're like, no, and I'm like, well, that's that. There's no, there's no there's no rearranging of, obviously, uh, if, if, yeah. me, if me or you are available, that's a bonus, and anything else, you know, it uh, goes by the wayside, so sorry yeah. about that, I'll try and be more organised next month, or, you know, probably the month after, really, when we actually get round to doing it.
1: It's fine, people are here for you and the guests, they're not here for me, I'm just here to uh, chain it all together, well, effectively. Well, it
2: depends, if we get big Ross manager off the ground, then, I mean, everyone over here <laughs> every, every week to see us. <laughs>
1: see in my comments about master I'll just say, serious trouble oh god <laughs> um, but there we go that is that's the chat with that one and our final interview this week then is with Ash from uh, CM Hints on Twitter um, yeah,
2: let me ask you Ross what is the biggest football management game in the world
1: well it's got to be FM 2021 surely
2: well guess again because you haven't considered fantasy football Oh yeah
1: Well you've, you've heard my, how, my, how I go about playing fantasy football so.
2: Well I suppose yeah probably, <laughs> probably the wrong person asked that question too <laughs> But
1: yeah the fantasy world is huge isn't it it's, it's massive Yeah
2: I mean we, we've made a few comments about the FM community and that's you know fairly large but if you put you know, the FPL hashtag into Twitter on a Saturday morning it is carnage there is, yeah. the knives are out people want tips people want leak, leak team news people will step over their own grandmothers to get you know, the Leicester line up a weird burn. madness.
1: It's he it is yeah, it's, it's ridiculously large. I remember doing the old um, picking the team out the sun out of the, the paper and having to call it in.
2: Ah well, me, me and Ash talk about this. We also um, it's 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 a wonderful listen, Ross. I can't lie to you. That's, yeah. uh, let's just sit back and enjoy. Here we go. I'm joined now by our first repeat guest on Champ Man on the Post, and I know what you're thinking, they've already ran out of guests, but that's not really the case. What I wanted to think of is Mick Foley in the 1998 Royal Rumble. He's got a few different guises, and this is what we're going to do here, so please welcome back Ash, who you may know as FPL Hints or CM Hints. Ash, welcome back, sir. How are you?
0: Hi, Dave. Good to be back, and thank you for having me back.
2: Ah, No problem at all. Um, as I mentioned there in the, in the intro, really, what what we've been looking at is somehow fantasy football has been around forever in one guise or another. You know, many, many years ago, people used to play it in like sort of the newspapers where you used to have to ring up the number and dial in the codes of all the players you picked. But as time's gone on, FPL has become an absolute juggernaut of... Um, I think there was, what was the 7 million players last season? Now, obviously, we didn't look into how many of those were duplicate accounts and things, but even still, there's probably no, no more than couple of hundred thousand duplicates there's still an awful lot of people who played this to play this game so as a man who who obviously loves champ manager and also loves fpl you were the ideal guest to uh to have on for this so um just in case people didn't hear you last time on, as we always ask any guest what was your your first uh double in the world of championship manager
0: for me um it was cm 9798 and um that remains my all-time favourite CM nine, you know, CM game, hmm. and I, I I still play it to this day. So I'm not sure if that's a good thing or a bad thing. <laughs> well, I hope, <laughs> I, mean, it's, be, I hope it's a good thing because I've spent an awful lot of time on it. So. <laughs> yeah, of course, you know, with with your handle, it's your it's your uh, uh, name, uh, it's your name literally. <laughs> um, yeah, I mean, t- how it began for me was it, it, it was it was the summer of '98 uh, football for me, you know changed significantly and my interest significantly changed as well got into a whole host of different games ultimate soccer manager premier manager fifa manager and then last but not least championship manager um and yeah it's just ever since then uh, i've had a strong interest in in that series
2: and on that as well over, over lockdown and things and before that really let's be honest you were you were kind of dabbling in a number of different games, not just c m but all the sort of ones you just mentioned there. I remember you had um was it open soccer Manager with the old bungs and things I and mean, you had that on at one point and um yeah there's, there's, there's a whole host of sort of retro games you've 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 been on over the the last six months or so um is there any of them that's caught your eye in particular? um I know you obviously said next to night it was your favorite, but you you've had some good yeah. some good goes on some other
0: ones i have and yeah, you mentioned the lockdown there. Um, the lockdown really um, opened up a new window to re-experience those games. Um, for the most part, it was pretty much playing all the, ga- all the games from Championship Manager two uh, right up to Championship Manager three. So that's CM two, CM nine six nine seven, CM Italia. Um, just, you know, in between as well. Um, but that's what I, you know, I, I was primar- primarily reacquainting my- with. You know, reacquainting with um, during the lockdown, um, of, of, of those games, the one bizarrely I played the most was CM3. Still got the original CD, um, that I kept in the loft after all these years and, uh, it worked and I I just got hooked onto it. Um, I I was hoping to play a bit more of CM0102. I barely played that. Um, also, um, Football Manager 2005, I barely played that. It was just, I, I would say, you know, like, 80% 80 percent of what I was playing during lockdown was CM3, and I don't regret it. <laughs>
2: <laughs> no, I remember talk about, talking about this at uh, a few months ago when we did the CM3 podcast because it's 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 a game that kind of passed me by because for the various reasons I discussed around you know my my circumstances at the time. But um, it's it's one I, I have got. I've even got it installed on this laptop. I've just I think I opened it up and got a laughed at where some of the players were, and then never opened it again. But you know who knows if we're heading for another lockdown, maybe I'll. Uh, Maybe we'll bring it back, Ash. We'll, we'll we'll do a CM3 network game. We'll bring
0: it back. That there, oh. that's an exclusive. We'll do it. We'll do that. We're going to hold you to it, Dave. We are going to do a network game on CM3. <laughs> <laughs> oh. later.
2: Perfect. I, I can almost I can almost feel the followers building up for <laughs> um, so, it. So, the other reason you're here today is um, because of FPL. Now, I've been every year. I get more and more curious as to you know people go mad for FPL, and I. I've had my seasons where I've also been mad about it, but never to the extent where I've been any good at it. Uh, that's kind of what I want to talk about later on. But so let's just start with when when did you get bitten by the the fantasy football bug? Was it before Champman or was it after Chapman Or
0: Yeah, for me, um, you know, I, I recall distinctly the first fantasy sports game that I ever played. You'll, you'll be shocked by this. It wasn't even football it was fantasy cricket, I think county cricket. Oh, yeah. And it was the, the old school ones where you'd, you'd read it in the newspaper, you'd pick your players and send them off. And, um, that was, again, I, I, I have a, you know, I should have a fantasy cricket handle as well, I guess. Um, <laughs> <laughs> um I, yeah, that's, that's the other thing. I was actually playing, um, a lot of cricket captain, um, on, yeah, as well during the lockdown when I, when I got the chance to as well. So, um, Fantasy cricket, bizarrely, was one of the first uh, fantasy sports games that I played. And then from there, I distinctly remember that Yahoo! Football had a fantasy football game as well. Uh, One of the first internet ones. Um, Again, start of the century, giving my age away again. (laughs) Again, the fantasy stuff came a lot later. And it wasn't interestingly until... The 2007-2008 season, where when I first played, um, what we know and um, what we call um, FPL, and then again, I, I wasn't really that good at it. I'd pick players like Anderson and um, Mascherano, you know, players that you you just wouldn't pick in FPL. And then I sort of got bored of it, went back to playing Champman. well, was, to be precise, Football Manager 2005 managed for over a hundred years and then eventually by 2010 at the start of that season i was sort of invited back into one of these office leagues and um i thought you know what i'm going to give this a go and again i i didn't really become an addict straight away it was just like competing against mates competing against people in the office but then eventually just i just began to take it more seriously you know when when you take an interest in players like Charlie Adam or <laughs> players like, you know, very, very obscure you know, like, like you know, players from teams that have been newly promoted and very obscure. You know, something you know something is evolving there. And um, uh, that season, in fact, it was Andy Carroll, you'll you, you probably remember, remember this as well, 2010-2011, he had an amazing first half, if you remember oh, it. Oh yes,
5: yeah.
0: Uh, kept on scoring, and then Liverpool signed him during the um Jan transfer window he was the first player bizarrely that I had who we'd call a differential in FPL now um it really hooked me I was like wow this one guy um who was worth hardly anything at the start of the season I just hopped on onto him at the right time and um eventually just the rank slowly increased got better and I it, I think it was it was during the winter biz- another one um Rob Hoover, if you remember him as well from around that time, he was a, again, budget-priced, just about defender who'd score goals. Mm. That was another player I got into, just randomly got into. It was just getting used to the nuances of FPL and liking those nuances hooked me in. Um, So by the end of that season, I really, I, I would say my journey as evolved from being a casual to an addict and it was actually the end of that season I thought you know what I want to take this further I want to do more with FPL and it was from there I set up my own blog in the summer well the idea came in the summer of 2011 and I began blogging um, I think a few game weeks into the season so that's how it all began again very random I wouldn't be here if it wasn't for fantasy cricket, I guess, uh, in some ways. But, um, yeah, the 2010-11 season really hooked me in. Yeah. Uh, I mean, obviously you obviously
2: mentioned fantasy cricket there. I must admit, I've got very fond memories of used to, me and my granddad used to pick a team out of the paper, and he, he'd, I assume he always rang it in. You know, I used to ring the old phone number and put in each player's code and stuff, and then we'd, yeah. we'd sit in the summer holidays like going through, was it like CFAX 340 onwards was like the cricket, and you'd go like... If you kept yep. pressing red and it would go on the next match and it would just obviously cycle through looking for your players and see how they were getting on. That's pretty much how we That's spent it. six weeks' holidays back in the back in the the nineties.
0: Yeah, no, that that was yeah, you know, three four zero as well as C three zero two were a significant oh, yeah. chunk <laughs> chunk of my childhood as well. <laughs> um,
2: but yeah, on the FPL front I mean you mentioned uh, the sort of so you came. A dick, oh, a dick might not be the right word, but you you quickly found out that the kind of way to win was to find these differentials and, and get on them as quickly as possible. Um, would you say that's become harder in recent times, or would you say it's become easier? And I mean harder because now if there's uh, a player who is perhaps low-priced but takes all the corners or whatever, people know about it now because internet (laughs) and you know you can you can find out a scout report in on a player within you know seconds of of learning the name or do you think it's it's still sort of an art to it
0: i i think this there is still an art to it but i think you know it's changed so much over the past 10 years um in in the sense that you know in the early part of the 2010s yeah you know we, we had the internet but it was a bit more old school you had forums you had um, you know, you had people acting more more on their hunches, but it's, it's changed in the sense that you've got so many dedicated fantasy football websites, as well as dedicated fantasy football tools at your hand, um, which are helping managers uh, make more informed choices with their team selection. And I think that's played a massive part in also influencing not only the way people play fpl but also the the numbers the sheer numbers of managers that play the game at the start of the decade i I, well previous decade it was probably two million managers at the very most and now we're up to seven million so i think people are beginning to take the game more seriously treating it more as a pastime bizarrely as well almost it's almost like you know parallel universe to CM. um but with 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 those plethora of websites that were available. And you know, to be fair, when I when I began blogging in twenty eleven, I wasn't I, I was far from being the first. There was plenty of others available, you know, in in, in the low dozens, but it wasn't as big as it is now. You know, you, you, you know, Dave, you could just hit the words hashtag FPL on Twitter on a Saturday morning and you'll see tons of content. And it's it's almost like it's it also depends on the forums as well. You know, the, the, I say the forums, the channels like Twitter is extremely active for FPL. And for a lot of people, you, you get two types of managers. You get those who I, I call the casuals mm. who just play it because it mate say, you know, a, a day before the season starts, Oh, it'd be a bit of fun. And they'll pick like, you know, Kante as their captain or <laughs> something like that. <laughs> and, and then you've got those who are really into it, who, who've got the bug, they're the addicts. Um and they will take it seriously from game week one right up to game week thirty eight. And it is those that I'm talking about, those that take it more seriously, which makes it all the more harder as each year progresses.
2: There's absolutely nothing worse than being knocked out of the the cup in like game week twenty one by a dead team who have like three auto subs and all their subs come on and you know, yeah. I imagine this year as well. It's going to be worse because a lot of people had Man United and Man City players on their bench in game week one, knowing they weren't playing. And then if they've gone away and lost interest, obviously by the time game week whatever it is twenty or whatever well, the cup starts comes around, it could be quite a lot of auto subs with you know De Bruyne coming in and things like that. I think it's going to annoy a lot of people. Yeah. <laughs> Some look forward that, to yeah, that,
0: <laughs> yeah. those pesky um, cup opponents. I, I I I almost think of them as like minnows. In like a yeah. league cup or an FA Cup, and you're like, they'll never beat me. And then you have a bad game week, and then, like you said, the funky auto subs do yeah. you over. <laughs> I'm like
2: overall rank 3.7 mil, and you're sitting at like 170k,
0: being knocked out, and it's like, ah, it's unfortunate, yeah. isn't it? <laughs> um, I've been knocked out of the cup so that I can concentrate on the league. Mm, that's, that's that's what it's all about. <laughs>
2: Yeah, you can't really get away with that, can you? See, I'm just resting the squad with the same squad. <laughs> <laughs> um, you mentioned it there, so I'll come on to it a bit earlier than I was planning, but the community, the FPL community. Um, as you say, there's, there's lots and lots of content out there, which it's all you know very, very good, very well researched. Um, what always amazes me is that there's a lot of um, accounts in, let's say, countries that are not England who are looking at the English FPL game. Whereas over here, we don't have many, like, the, the Liga FPL accounts or if there's an equivalent or I know like obviously in when there's the off-season we double in the elite Syrian of Norway and whatever else but it's it seems like the English English one is by far the most popular would you would you agree with that
0: Ab- absolutely I, I would say that the Premier League um, has a truly global following and I, you know I, I noticed that early on when I looked at my own analytics from my own blogging where I, I would see audiences in countries that aren't traditional powerhouses when it comes to football, you know, following the blog, taking an active interest in it. And I, I, I guess with that, it's part of it is the success of the Premier League as a brand being so attractive, but also it's the sheer number of um, non-British players who've made such a good success in the Premier League that also attracts uh, a very um, plethora of multinational interest as well at the same time so i guess they go hand in hand together um yeah like like you've said you know like a la liga or a or a a non-british fantasy football game isn't as successful here um maybe that's a reflection on our society but i think it it comes more down to the premier league being a truly global sport and you know I, i would say that a large chunk of those millions that join almost every year it's it's due to the following just getting bigger and bigger you know there is a real thirst for the premier league and you know it, it really stands out and you know people will say it's it's the greatest league in the world some people say well maybe it isn't but you know it it as a brand hmm. it's probably best league yeah. you know pro- not not if not the best football league probably the best you know in 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 world sport uh, you, you could say
2: yeah, it's strange, isn't it? When you think about it, when you think of you know, we have clubs like you know Burnley, who probably aren't that well known <laughs> outside of England, and I imagine the Spanish clubs probably feel the same way about some of their sides, I guess. But it's just funny to think of it, isn't yeah. it? I guess that top seven or eight really are um, you know the the big attraction. Everyone else is just playing their part, I guess, in the in the global scheme of things, anyway. Um, Absolutely. I want to ask you a bit about your personal strategy because I mean. Off the top of your head, do you know what your, what your highest finish has been?
0: I, I think I I managed to finish about 110th uh, during the 2011 2012 season. Good grief, that's remarkable. Yeah. Um, it yeah. So it, it's ironic because that's when I began blogging. So my first season as an FPL blogger was my best season, and that kind I think that kind of hooked me in even more. But yeah, it kind of went downhill from there. So, <laughs>
2: well, I mean, to be, to be fair, it would have been very difficult to go uphill from there. For us, uh, that's a remarkably high finish. But
0: um, and and I was I was ranked as the number one Newcastle United fan. Well, um, during that season. So you know, um, I, I I take great pride in that. So um, they can't take that away from me. No,
2: I, I, that's it. That's a,
0: it's a good league
2: to win. We're a knowledgeable bunch. Yeah. <laughs> absolutely. <laughs> um, yeah. So, what I was going to ask you is: well, Firstly, the obvious question is, how did you do it? What, what, what should I be doing with my team
0: to to be anywhere near that? So, when I finished 110, um, what eight years ago, I, I, FPL was a very different game. You know, we we didn't have chips; we had less managers, and and like I mentioned, you know, the, the type of content that was available wasn't as prevalent to make your informed choices. I feel that. You know, you've got to look at this season in silo and for you, know, for you to achieve success, it depends on firstly how you started this season. And it also depends on the kind of risks that you want to take. I, I think it really comes down to two philosophies, basically. So I'll talk about the philosophies and then some personal strategies. You know, you could you could have two mindsets. You can be cavalier. And have a sword mindset where you're going to just take hits every week, take you know make risky captain picks every week in the hope that you'll get big rank gains. But actually, if you've got a good footing with your overall rank, you might want to take it a bit more, let's say, bo- a more boring approach and be more safe and take the sword. That's uh, not the sword. The the shield approach and just be a bit more cautious. So I think for, you know, first and foremost, you've got to you know put yourself. In one of those camps, and looking at the some of the stats of the best ranked managers, you know, hist- like historically in FPL, they're they're more you know like ninety nine point nine percent in the in the shield bracket. They don't take too many risks. They'll most likely captain you know a maximum of half a not even half a dozen, less than half a dozen captains during the season. And it will always be a premium player who has the potential to score big as well. So you know, from from that, you've got to get that right, and you know, work out if you want to, if you're able first of all to take that boring approach, or if you need to. And then from there, you've got to then look at what the situation is with the league right now. Um, And I'm not sure if this counts as a strategy, but the handball rule change at the start of the season is going to have a massive impact on the kind of players they're going to pick as well when it comes to penalties.
2: Yeah, now obviously, as you say, this is kind of a moving feast at the minute because the, the handball will seems to be getting more and more ridiculous by the week and obviously it hasn't, yeah. it hasn't changed from week to week since the start of the season but it feels like there's more and more silly
0: penalties being given by the week. So so for me, um, the percentage should should influence you to a certain extent because... If you've got, let's say, Kevin De Bruyne, who's got you know forty percent ownership, you've got Mohamed Salah, who's got a very high ownership as well, um, and you, you know, if you pick them and they have an average game week, your rank isn't likely to drop substantially if you've relied on them. Whereas, if they have a really good game week, and then instead you picked Raheem Sterling and Sadio Mane, and they don't have a good game week then you're at risk of falling massively. Why? Because it's, it comes to percentages. Because people have picked, they've, they've been boring, they've picked the shield picks, and they've gone for those who just have high ownership. Um, so I, I think you have to factor that in as well. Because if they do really well, you know, you could potentially lose out. Um, and again, it's not, it's not really exciting to do that but like you've said if you're chasing then you might want to change that approach but it, it also you know it, it just all depends where you are at that moment in time so you know for those who are listening right now and they've not had a good start to the season you know they'll take a bit of a punt bit of a risk then you know go for the slightly lower percentage players um you know I look at Raheem Sterling he's barely you know he's not even owned by 10% of FPL managers and yet if I'm not mistaken, he's registered like over 110 attacking returns over the last what four, four to five seasons. So that's, that's a player who's more than capable of doing really well. But then people would say, actually, is he more prone to rotation than Kevin De Bruyne? So that's another element you have to look in as well. But that boring element has to be factored in, unfortunately. Mm, I mean,
2: Sterling at the minute as well is interesting because he's essentially playing as a striker um, because yes. the two actual forwards are injured. Um, exactly. But at the same time, Man City don't look much of a case of unit at the moment. So it's you, know, you kind of got to... I do think if you the more football you watch, the better you can be at it because if, as long as you're actually watching what's going on, you might think, like, you know, you can get kind of suckered into thinking, well, you know, he's a midfielder playing up front, he must be great. But, you know, if it's Oliver Burke and Sheffield United haven't scored a goal yet this season. Yeah. I know he's it's probably a bad example because he's four and a half mil and it's pretty much zero risk, but um mm. you know there's such a thing as just following the numbers too much rather than what your eyes tell you um,
0: exactly like the eye test is such an important thing, like you said you could you could just you know you could just i a good example was Bruno Fernandez against Brighton on on Saturday. you know for for most of the match he was fairly anonymous, somehow got an assist for rashford's goal, and then after the whistle blew, he scored a penalty <laughs> now if you if you if you didn't watch that match, you'd think, oh, wow, he's got a goal and assist. He's a must-have. And fortunately for me, I had him in my team, but I, I kind of felt, actually, you know, I, I may not want him um, for too long if he's going to have those sorts of performances. When you've got, you know, you've got Martial in the team, you've got Rashford, you've got Greenwood. And then, you know, is is there a case of him actually getting pushed further back as opposed to going further forward? Um and am I just gonna rely him rely on him in the for the penalties? Because that's what it seems like at the moment. Um so yeah, the eye test is a really important thing when it comes to FPL. And um, also, you know, just it sounds strange, but just, you know, predictions as well. If you look at a stretch of six games for the you know, that for a p a potential player that you want to buy, you've got to like speculate, is that player going to score big during those games? And there there's one change that we've got this season that um, is different from the start of last season, and it's the fact we don't have any fans in the stadium, mm. and that's that's got a mass- massive impact on certain clubs because, on the one hand, the the newly promoted teams who rely on fans and home advantage, especially, that's going to have a very detrimental effect. And in fact, we saw it at the end of last season. You know, for the lower clubs, lower place clubs, you know, they to a degree struggled at home without the fans and conversely you could say that there were there are other clubs who might have felt under pressure when their fans are in the stadium they they did quite well so that element is also significant because the home the home away element almost has gone and you've got to really factor that into your strategy as well you know i, I know on if you go on the FPL app or the fpl website you'll see those red and green blocks and the gray blocks for fixture difficulty i wouldn't read that literally at the moment just look at it as form as opposed to the fixture and my, my saying as you know my slogan is form is key class doesn't matter and that's really true when the fixture difficulty is up in the air now we, we've got a lot of variance right now uh, in FPL, we've got, you know, clubs scoring three, four, five goals at, at a canter in matches, which, you know, I mean, goals per game in game week three is far higher than it was in game week three uh, at the start of, uh, from the previous season, again, due to a number of reasons that we've covered. But just factoring that in as well um, is is important because it will it will make... It, well, it should it should inform your strategy because right now the market is saying clean sheets are at a premium. It's goals galore, but you've got to make sure it's the right players who inform, if that makes sense.
2: It does make a lot of sense. Um, I think you're right, there was um, those fixture difficulty ratings I always kind of laugh at at this stage of the season because yeah. it's based on last season's performances really and you know if the premier league was exactly the same year on year it probably wouldn't be the global brand it is because people would stop watching i think that kind of unpredictability is what makes it what it is at times um exactly that's that's all very interesting so what um obviously we've talked about the two kind of management games here so very different chaman and and uh fancy football are there any any skills you think are interchangeable between the two games
0: i i think I'm not sure if this is a skill, but it's a mindset. And I think, have you watched the movie Moneyball, Dave?
2: Oh, yes. Yep.
0: And it, it's that mindset of looking, you know, just, it's almost like not taking things at face value. And it's looking at stats you may take for granted and looking at players that you might take for granted as well. That if I, I you know, like, you know, you look at it on Champman in particular. When you're it, when you're filtering out certain attributes in a player, um, you'll you know you'll see oh I want this I want that and then it'll bring up a, a random player from Norway, who who'll become your, you know your next twenty five goal striker. Um, again, it's not that easy in FPL, and uh, <laughs> you know it, it's not it's it, that's not interchangeable unfortunately. But it's that mindset of looking for the differentials. I think that's that's a really important thing to have. Yes you know, we have to be boring with the premium players. But then, hey, once you've picked your premium players, you can kind of go carte launch on a lot of those um, under-the-radar picks. And if, if there is a unifying force, it is it is that, that champ man managers are probably more inclined to look for those under-the-radar picks than your average FPL manager. Um, I think that's a really uh, important, Takeaway from that, I guess, if if there is a unifying um, aspect there, um, I, I you know I'm just looking at the picks that I had uh, at the start of this season. I, I picked uh, Roman Seiss in my team. You know, a lot of people are like, why did you pick him? He's five million. You could have picked um, some some other you know four and a half million player. Again, I looked at his underlying stats from the previous season. I saw he was making some advanced um, runs. I saw you know his his attacking stats were actually quite reasonable for his price bracket. And luckily he scored and kept a clean sheet in in the first game of the season. And then I, you know, other picks that I had, you had, you had Mitchell from Crystal Palace who kept a clean sheet. Unfortunately, I benched him. Um, Again, for me, it's about value that, you know, obviously the premiums you're going to get, but which players are going to give me value. And it's those players that I really have a keen Interest on, and you know, more often than not, those players that are lowly priced but have the potential and you know good run of games and they've got they they're showing some form. They're often the ones that will, will stand out eventually. And I'd like I'd like to give you one example. Actually, I, I looked. I remember Riyad Mahrez. Oh, yes the season the season before Leicester won the Premier League. I remember seeing his stats. Uh, his, uh, you know, like, like what he did with in the final third, you know, his passing stats and a plethora of stats. And I thought, wow, this guy is absolutely amazing. You know, if if only he had some end product, if only you know, he had some sort of, they need something, you know, like something was missing from him that prevented him from registering more attacking returns. And I, I noticed that from the stats that I saw from the pre- previous season. I'm not saying I predicted Leicester <laughs> winning the league the season after, but that that's an example of a player who thought, wow this guy has potential and then you know they signed um angolo kante the season after and that had a massive impact because you know the way obviously he's not he's not an attacking player but you know his his presence had a very significant impact he kind of let their attacking players, you know, just yeah. let like, themselves set free, basically. It was like he was looking after um, the shop and everyone
2: else went off and uh, did their thing up front, wasn't it? It was uh, made a big difference, yeah, and that's exactly. for certain.
0: Absolutely, but it's, 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 it's an example of how, you know, looking at underlying stats is really important. Of course, you can get underlying stats free, you can subscribe to an assortment of FPL related websites for that, but, you know, if, if you want to you know, if you want to look deeper in, into those sorts of numbers, it's definitely worth doing. You've got the eye test, you've got those underlying stats. It makes a big difference. And, you know, I, I know, you know, you're a stickler when it comes to stats as well, Dave. Um, do you oh, yeah. feel that, for you, that's a unifying force as well between Champman and FPL?
2: Um, yeah, I think, uh, I mean, going back to the obviously the Champman's Wii player, the only thing you've really got to work off is average written. You don't have an yeah. awful lot else to work with. I mean, I know Nikolai and some of the other lads have been looking at, uh, you know, they go into a, when a match is on and you go on the stats page and you can see all the key passes and things they play. That yeah. obviously plays a small part in it and probably works towards their average rating anyway because um, it'll probably drive their match rate, I would think. We've all seen it where, like, you get getting beat 3-0 but your centre-half's got a 10 and you think, it's a bit odd yeah. when you look at it and he's, you know, completed 70 passes and you think, well, that's good to know. But, you know, you yeah. kind of do a lot with that. In FPL terms, that's, you know, if he's a good ball playing defender, it's probably going to take him towards the bonus points if they keep a clean sheet, you know, that kind of thing. So yeah. it uh, there's definitely some some things you can you can take from one game to the next. But uh, it's um what I'm gonna ask you now probably the hardest question you're ever going to be asked. But Oh dear <laughs> let let's say you're um I don't know, your missus has had enough of you playing both both, <laughs> both of these games. She says to you right Ash, it's one or the other, it's champ man or it's F P L which one are you keeping, and which one are you getting rid of?
0: Oh, Dave, why did you ask that question? <laughs> that you completely caught me off guard, there with that as well. <laughs> no, see, I, I think I mentioned it on your last podcast that I always see myself as a championship manager manager that plays FPL. Mm. So, like that—that that is the mindset that I have when, whenever I play FPL. And for me to pick one or the other, I simply couldn't. Um, that's uh, yeah. I, if, I, I I like both. You know, yeah. uh, I couldn't I couldn't pick one or the other. That's that's a really I, I need to like <laughs> I need to rack my brain and you know write a dissertation on the pros and cons of both before I even dared contemplate you know if I had, you know if I had to ditch one. Um, I, I can't answer that question unfortunately. <laughs> Oh well, Mm
2: -hmm. stay on the right side. He misses, and you won't have to. That's that's yeah. (laughs) Um, We'll finish with uh, a bit of fun, if you don't mind. Um, Sure. I would like you to rip apart my FPL team, um, which I've just shared with you on uh, on Twitter. But um, I'll I'll I'll, I'll take you through my thoughts, and you can tell us whether I'm right or wrong. So my strategy with this team was um, I'm probably the most boring man in the world, but so what I thought was well. Because the transfer window is in like October this year, what we'll do is we'll start off with just a really basic team of people who are gonna play. So um that was my strategy. And I also have another strategy which I, I never pick a player who's um who's new to the league, um because I think it's a massive unknown, especially if they're pricey. Uh, yeah. I just think there's probably as you said before, better value elsewhere. So I yeah. like the team of Erna, Kai Havertz, um, they're both wonderful players, but um I think you can probably do better than them right now. So Yes, absolutely. So, in goal, I've got Aaron Ramsdale now at the time this seemed like a good idea. I don't like to have two keepers who combined at the start of more than nine mil um so I've got a four million jed steer who was going to play, but then Villa went and spent money on Martinez. so that was a you know an early blow uh, and Ramsdale's five mil
0: keep them or get rid of them so with with a lot of the changes that you could potentially do you'd need a wild card um, and I wouldn't well, there's no doubt say about this. that. I need
2: at least one wild card, yeah. possibly two.
0: Yeah, uh, like right now, I you know Ramsdale has been a massive disappointment. You know he he is not in the same class right now as Dean, Dean Henderson was last season. So I'm I'm not happy with him in goal. And if you had the chance to replace him, it would logically make sense to replace him with Martinez, mm. being the same price. And also, hey, if Martinez doesn't play, stare is a potential number two so he would sub in for him so as a potential wild card replacement i would say replace um ramsdell for martinez but i wouldn't make it as a a general weak transfer it's just it just seems odd making a goalkeeper transfer unless you absolutely have to which you probably don't right now unless it was a wild card
2: yeah that's kind of i know my thinking at the minute i've got bigger problems as we'll come on to um exactly <laughs> so my, my my defense we've got trent alexander arnold in there now I'm already thinking I could probably swap him for Robertson. Robertson seems to be taking all the corners and stuff now. But Trent, yes. Trent is a bonus point magnet for some reason. Um, any thoughts on which one I should go with there?
0: My gut feeling says to keep Trent right now. Um, like, like you've said, you know, the fact Robertson is taking corners it is a bit annoying. But I feel with Trent, just the percentage could like do you over if he if he has an amazing game and Robertson has a very average game so you know I think you'd say what half a million by going from yeah, yeah. Trent to Robertson I don't think that's worth it I'd say stick with Trent for now
2: right he's in um, alongside him I've got Ben Davies now I want rid of Ben Davies but yes he was a, he was a cheap way the Tottenham's back four and stupidly I thought Mourinho likes a tight back four he's had a whole he's had a season well more or less a season to work with them. now they're going to be better yeah, Ash, they're not better.
0: No, <laughs> and and am 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 I not mistaken that Spurs have signed a potential replacement for Davis as well? They have, yes, um, Regulon. So, so yeah, so you know, Davis has limited time in that team, and I, I could see the logic in having Davis at the start of the season, but f- like for me right now. It makes sense to get rid of him sooner rather than later, hmm. especially with all these games that Spurs have as well. But I can't see them keeping many clean sheets. And I've already got a potential replacement for you, um, it, in in the form of Tarek Lamptey, oh, yeah. who's playing out of position, 4.6 million for Brighton. I think he makes good sense. I know that they've got Everton in the next game, but if if you were to replace him, that one player six. Right in my mind, what three games, three assists at, at a cheap price? He would be the perfect replacement for Davis if you made that move.
2: Well, I probably will. That's a good idea. Um, oh. Next in the line, in the back line is Kyle Walker-Peters. Now I won't hear a bad word said about Kyle Walker-Peters. I like him, and I know you like him as well.
0: I, I always like players that have hypernated names. So um, <laughs> yeah, just just, <laughs> just for that alone. Um, no, uh, like. Uh, no, he, he. I think he 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 offers value. He's got some attacking prowess as well. You know, Southampton do have a good run of games, although we've kind of negated those green and uh, grey bars that FPL show. But yeah, keep him. You don't. There's there's not a desperate need to sell him right now. Good, good. Um, Salah again, probably going to keep
2: him. I don't see why anyone wouldn't have him. Like he's he's always delivered twenty goals a season from midfield. Yeah. you know. So we'll, we'll keep him in, yeah, um, unless
0: unless Mane started starts to take penalties. You know, you yeah.
2: wouldn't you would change. You'd keep Salah. We'll do that then. Um, now I've got De Bruyne who is my captain this week, and he failed miserably. But
0: is he worth persisting with? Absolutely. What, if there's one thing that is a pattern when it comes to Pep and Man City, when they lose bad, they always want to make up for it with a tub thumping win in the following game. Um, you know keep him that like De Bruyne I know I know City have been hampered by injury of late but he is without a doubt their star player if there's a player who who's gonna get regular attacking returns in a team that averages what a lot of goals per game he's he's the one player you need to have who's gonna get those points for you over the course of the season not just for that one game week where he's blanked
2: We'll stick. We'll stick with De Bruyne. Then I've got faith in him. Um, now Son has very inconsiderately torn his hamstring, so he's going to have to come out. Um, I have got money in the bank as well. So if you and me and you've got uh, two million in the bank, whom I bringing in a lot of money, am I bringing, in? Mm, who am I bringing wow.
0: in for Son. So if I do the maths, there is that. Have you got? You've got just under eleven and a half million. Is that right?
2: uh... son is nine mil so i have 11 mil to spend
0: well it's a it's a tricky one because i i kind of feel that a lot of the premium players who who have a high price bracket they've not massively performed to the standard i'd expect of them um even though it's just a few game weeks in um it's it's a tough one, actually. I mean, you you, you can't afford Sterling, is that right? You're just you, you're just short yeah, of
2: Sterling. Yeah, he, he's eleven and a half, I think.
0: Yeah, yeah, he's eleven and a half. Um, I think another player that you could potentially look at, um, well, it might be worth looking at a Manchester United player. And we talked about penalties, mm. at, at, you know, earlier in the pod. And if you just wanted someone who has a relatively high percentage takes penalties and was influential in goals last season, Bruno Fernandez.
2: 10, Ten and a half million. Yeah, I think that may well may well be my, where my money's going. Yeah. Um, alongside them, I've got Suchek from West Ham at the minute. Now, every time I watch Suchek play, he he seems to get at least one chance. And last night yes. against Wolves, he had at least three chances. I think he was robbed of his goal in the end by uh, it was an own goal. But yeah, um, keep him five mil. I'm pretty happy with him.
0: Absolutely. I think you know even in the first match against us, he was very unlucky not to score actually um so no with with him you know he is the best five million player in the game right now i think a lot of people think oh he's just a quote-unquote defensive midfielder but if you look at his stats you look at his positioning like you said look at the chances he takes now he's more than that and you know if he if you want someone in that fourth midfielder slot stroke first sub slot he's perfect
2: yeah, that's, that's the rule he claimed to me at the minute. Um, my three strikers now: Callum Wilson, I'm fairly happy with. I could probably do better, but he's he's doing all right. And you know, he seems to be on penalties now as well, which, as we've said, is quite useful. So, if Newcastle's tactic is to bring Andy Carroll on and just try and w- try and get as many handballs as possible, that, <laughs> that, that that might work out. <laughs> um, yeah. Alongside him, I've got Adams who. To be honest, I'll probably get rid of if I'm wild card. Um any any thoughts on Chi Adams? He seemed like a good idea at the time, but hasn't really worked um, out. He gets a chance every I game.
0: He does, but I kind of feel that he's overshadowed by um Danny Ings. Uh, you know, like no no doubt he will score more goals, but I think Adams he like I've seen him in a lot of a lot of teams, a lot of like established FPL veterans seem to, to have him, but I've just never taken to him. Um, I just feel that he hasn't shown that pr- that prowess at the top level, and I, I know you mentioned that you had a reluctance of picking players who hadn't featured in the Premier League before on, you know, or, or even on a regular basis. But mm. you know, Leeds Patrick Bamford would be the perfect replacement for Adams right now. You know, he's scoring goals in an attacking Leeds team, he's cheap as chips. You know, why why wouldn't you get him?
2: Yeah. Make a compelling argument once they've been to Man City, but even then, they probably score against Man City. They don't seem to defend particularly. Yeah, yeah, hmm. yeah. Something to think about. And my yes. my last starting player is Martial. Now, you ever have a player in FPL who, whenever you have him, he's terrible, and whenever you don't have him, <laughs> he's on fire. Because that for me is yeah. Anthony Martial. Yeah, he's my worst pick. He he
0: he doesn't even look like scoring in the games I've had him. Every time I captained him um, at at the second half of last season he would blank. And every time I didn't captain him, he'd score a hat-trick or a race or, a, you know, he'd get, get bonus points. So, yeah, I I, I completely get those vibes. Um, at nine and a half million, look, he's proven in the Premier League he is United's number nine. So there is logic in that. But, you know, one thing looking at United in this early part of the season, they don't seem the fluid selves that they were at the end of last season. Um, where, you know, the you know, you could have easy, easily have tripled up on United's attack. Um, yeah, probably keep him for now. But there are other players offering value. I mean, my gut feeling said, if I if I could just wave a magic wand at that team, I'd get rid of him and I'd get Raul Jimenez in for Wolves. I know he scored an own goal on Sunday, but he's got a good run of games. Wolves don't have any League Cup commitments anymore. They, they haven't got any European commitments. So, hopefully, and he, you know... Um, Diego Jota has left Wolves as well, so hopefully, you know Jimenez will be scoring more goals. Um, so, as a potential Martial replacement, I would pick him.
3: Hmm,
2: right, um, and finally the bench. I mean, we talk about Steer, who's just you know my cheap backup keeper. We've got Mitchell, who's my cheap four million defender, who probably won't play when Franz Van Aanholt's back, but we'll cross that bridge when we come into it. Um, James Justin, who is great, I just bench him because they had Man City this week. Um, do you worry about him when Ricardo Pereira is back?
0: I, yeah, I think eventually he he will lose his starting berth, but you know for for all intents and purposes, he's done a brilliant job. You know, in the team since he's established himself as as his replacement. So you know, for now, you'd keep him. I, I I've I've not heard any concrete news on when Ricardo Pereira will be back. In the starting lineup, but even when he is fully fit, you'll need match fitness. You'll, yeah, yeah. you know, he'll, it'll take him a long time to bed back into the team. Um, so, so you know, looking, looking at your bench there, uh, you know, Steer, yeah, I'd keep him if you pick Martinez, he'd be the perfect sub. Two, Mitchell, your budget four million defender, uh, keep Justin, but your third sub, mm. I would replace Smallbone with guess. I, who am I going to say? Literally anybody who has a pulse, <laughs> like. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Well, it, yeah, I mean, look, you could easily pick Del Stevens um, because he's moved to Burnley as a yeah you know, a safe two point merchant who isn't gonna you know do anything other than offer you those two points if you really want them. But if you wanted an if you wanted an out of position position player that you could potentially start, and if Sheffield United don't buy a striker. It would be, you know, Oliver Burke at four and a half million, um, who would offer more value than Smallbone, who unfortunately hasn't been started recently. Yeah, he's played in the first week and I
2: thought I was really onto something with that, but then uh, he hasn't I don't even featured since so um not one of my better ideas, but uh, he he rots Same on my thing. on my bench. So he um Yeah well maybe Oliver Burke will be the way forward, um or Dale Stevens, but I think that that'll wait for a wild card. Um Thanks for that, Ash. I um I've got a lot of things to think about there to make my team any good whatsoever. Um, but we live in hope of that happens. Uh, where can uh, people find you
0: on Twitter if they want to come and grill you about FPL or old champ managers? They can find me on at FPL hints for their FPL needs and at CM underscore hints for their champ man and retro needs. Um, you know, whichever you know, take take your pick. Um, but don't 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 ask the same question, <laughs> Brilliant stuff. well yeah. Thanks again, Ash, for uh, for
2: coming to talk with us today, and uh, we'll speak to you soon for this Champman Three Network game.
0: You're welcome, Dave. May your mind be serene, and may your FPL arrows be green. Thank you. <laughs>
1: and there we go then that is the podcast this week thank you for Ash for coming back onto the podcast our first time second second oh, our first oh. ever second time guest yeah, yeah you'll
2: appreciate the McCrawley gag at the start of that of course the 98 Royal Rumble we just need to get a third nice. a, get a third account now and then it can come back again <laughs> uh, still not win but it, it can still be on three times
1: yeah three appearances we try and get one to one, one podcast as well three, three, <laughs> that, 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 <laughs> that would be a task wouldn't it <laughs> <laughs> just two hours of Ash <laughs> slightly different guises
2: uh, You you probably agree. He has a voice of silk. Like, I mean, yeah. I'm obviously a bit rougher on the edges, but Ash's voice is like Ken Bruce of Radio Two. You could listen to Ash yeah. all day every day.
1: Yeah, it's delicious. We tried to get him to do a, a weekly uh, hints podcast, but he wasn't up for that because I mean, why would he give away all his secrets? Really, to yeah, first that's,
2: that's true. Yeah, we finished. What, what did you say? Uh, Hundred and tenth or something? I mean, out of seven million that'll do
1: yeah that is pretty good hmm. yeah, 7 million people that's mad but there we go that was episode 9 of the Chapman on the Post podcast um, we're almost approaching the end of the year Dave are we going to have like a Christmas special at some point or we'll put it Christmas I mean after, I tried
2: I mean, to think what that would entail <laughs> 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 well, well, well I'll tell you what we'll try and get a load of Christmas themed guests on like, like it. Noel Whelan or Gif, Gif, Gifton <laughs> Noel Williams who kind of ticks two boxes <laughs> See what he's up to, and uh, (laughs) other festive-themed guests. We'll think about that. But yes, yeah, the staff party is just me me and you.
1: I mean, that's fine. Yeah, if other people want to come along, that's great. Um, if you can think of any other um, holiday-themed champ manager or football manager kind of related people, uh, let us know. We will endeavour to contact them and harass them until they agree to come on the podcast. Um, you can do that through our social media channels, either at Man Other Post, um at RossBow1984, or Dave, where can they find you and the website?
2: Uh, so I'm on Twitter at CM9798, uh, and the website is cm9798.co.uk, where you'll also see um, the end of Ross's latest series on Saturday. Um, mm. So yeah, looking forward to seeing how that pans out.
1: Yeah, I mean, so far it's gone decidedly better than it did last time.
2: <laughs> it has. Uh, fair play for that. You, you came back and had another go, and um, you've had far more success than the previous edition. We'll see.
1: I realised it was all about tactics and not playing straight in four four two. Doesn't really work that in Championship round July seventy eight.
2: No, it doesn't. It really doesn't. But I mean, again, to, to plug a piece from the site this week. Uh, Nikolai was on uh, last month or maybe month before. He um, yeah. he's, he's been taking the discussion to, to a panel and they've kind of put their ideas together of how you can be really good at Chapman ninety seven ninety eight. So if you uh, if you're at loose end, check that out on the blog as well. And uh, yes. who knows if we end up in a in another huge lockdown, um, you can uh, you can become really good.
1: <laughs> <laughs> There's some good stuff going up on the site this week. I'm re- I've really enjoyed part one of um, Tales and Wales.
2: Yeah, Matt uh, Matt's Always come up with something. He's always busy. is Matt. And, he is. Uh, it's a it's a winner. I'm looking forward to seeing how he how he gets on with that because the the Welsh playing pool is not massive. Um, no, it's not. I think it's only North Island is probably smaller in terms of the kind of, you know, yeah, na- probably, na- yeah. nations you would players. Um, so yeah, I'm interested to see how he does. But um, he's off to a decent start.
1: We've got a lot of the kind of a lot of the nations covered now. We've got the Scottish one as well going along nicely, and, and then you've got the Welsh one as oh, well. Right, I mean,
2: P- Peter Jones again with his aloa save. Peter's. um, I enjoy everyone's work on the site, but Peter's writing really is up my street. He's uh, spot on, with yeah. Lots of Simpsons references and things, and it's you know it's it's the type of silliness that I enjoy. So I'm sure there are others who are in the same boat. So again, check it all out. It's, uh, got a really talented squad on the, on the site at the minute. um
1: Daily stuff, and of course the retirement home, which is my favourite ever series you've
2: done. I mean, I, I do like the retirement home. It's uh, it always it must be a Fucking nightmare. No, to honestly, to like that game. It, uh, it is difficult, um, and it I actually. I mean, again, to spoil things a little bit, I've finished. I've finished the the series now, but yeah. it'll it run till I think it's the week before Christmas. So there's plenty more to play. Wow. Um, and it was bloody hard work to the point where I haven't actually played the game for for about a month now. Just. I'm yeah. just having a detox, I'm just letting it get all on my system, get all these old knackers out the way and then <laughs> we'll 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 start again with a new say for the new year, um, at some point. But Yeah, I don't yeah, blame you I do love it. it um i have never had a series that's been so consistently well well read and viewed and you know commented on and I get the impression there's a lot of people who who do enjoy it on a Sunday morning, so Yeah. We'll keep it going.
1: I've started a similar thing on Football Managers just for my own gratification. I'm doing old ham athletic, ah. just just old guys. But I've I've gone to 32, 35 is ridiculous. It's too hard to do anything on that game.
2: Yeah. Um, again, the guy I don't know if you saw this, but this guy I work with who made a made an app for Champ Man, which tracks yeah. track track your regen. So. Um, he's just actually sent me version two, which I need to test and upload because it's it's a brilliant piece of kit. But um, it it, it's it's you know, it's obviously made independently, so it's not well liked by virus scanners yeah. and things. But um, what he was telling us that when he was investigating how the stats change, they hit a certain age and their physical stats just drop off, which, <laughs> which we know. But from playing, yeah. from playing it, but like it's actually quite dramatic how, how drastically they fall, and obviously that has. a not going to affect my uh-huh. so it really rammed home of how difficult a challenge this has been.
1: Yeah, <laughs> so that was You've done very well. <laughs>
2: well, it's 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 not coming at, 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 without a cost, like
1: it's, 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 it's your personal sanity. Well,
2: that, that's it. Yeah, I I'll always remember the, the first few weeks of my son being born. And I'm sat there by a cot, screaming at like Mickey Quinn. Mickey Quinn, very really. like, how am I? You've had twenty shots on goal and one on target. <laughs>
1: Oh, God, yeah. If you've not read any of it, go back. There's 39 pieces up on the website. It is a fantastic afternoon to read, along with all the other stuff on the site. It's so much stuff. It's fantastic. Um, but, yeah, we will be back next month with some more big-time guests and ramping up towards the Christmas special. I'm putting a load of pressure on you now for a Christmas special.
2: <laughs> I can already hear Giffin or Williams turn his mobile off. <laughs> <laughs>
1: We'll find someone. There's going to be someone that will come on. Um, But yes, um, until then, it's goodbye from me. It's goodbye from Dave. Goodbye for now. And always remember to keep your champ man on the post.